hello, and welcome to episode 150 of the Gaming Fix podcast on December 5th, 2020. We're almost out of this hell year. I'm your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite game awards show host. I am joined today by Allison. Uh, hi. Uh, people need to be nice to Brie Larson, please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The only correct answer so far. Pat. Now, you know I love Brie Larson and everything she's done for the gaming community, but... But... My favorite's gotta be... But... Come on. I don't know who he is. He's ESPN yeah. commentator, sports commentator. He's a, yeah. uh, oh, it's a sports, sports thing. Okay, that, uh, I, I don't yeah. know. But, but he's also he's he also just delightful and hilarious. He, okay. he is he is a he is a character. Yes, and famous for the butt. Famous for the butt. Nice. Yep. Yep. He also uh, has speaking, said some cool stuff. Like you know, it's bullshit. I believe he was like talking about it's bullshit for athletes to get suspended for marijuana use and like. Mm general like support for i want to say general support for like black lives matter and stuff like that so yeah he's, he's a he's a pretty cool guy uh speaking of famous for the butt alex <laughs> is with us today i really wish they would get john carpenter as a host me too i think that, that would, be, would like, be a perfect host for that show mm. or raffi mm. <gasps> yes. I would like Raffi to host everything. I don't think Raffi would be a particularly <laughs> relevant host. Stephen A. Smith no, did do an advertisement okay. for Miles Morales. So Stephen A. Smith did appear oh, in a video game. Really? Ad. What? Yes. Okay. It's a very surreal and strange ad. You should look okay. it up. Yeah, that okay. It's uh, more for and, Miles as a character than for the game, but it is for the game. Also joining us, Sam. Uh Tom Holland as the uh representative of British men everywhere is giving away a game award um, so I feel finally that white British men are represented in the gaming community yeah I'm really glad they got it's Tom Holland it's been too long that, that, with him being in the new Spider-Man remaster and all so yes I uh, I hope he makes a joke about that because I, I feel like I saw him tweeting about no, it. They, I, I feel like they can very, very much not make... I guess he could make that joke, but I feel like Sony would very much <laughs> like him to not. Uh, uh, I, did you see that he couldn't get a PS5? He's filming Spider-Man 3, um, and he's playing video games in his trailer, and he's just got he's also, Spider-Man PS4. He's well, also they're, they're, Nathan they're Drake, and he can't get, like... <laughs> That's true. Well, to be fair, they're like hedging their bets because Spider-Man 3 has always, uh, you know, not been the most, the best number for Spider-Man. Yeah. Now they're actually going to have three Spider-Man. They're like hedging their bets. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man 2, too many Spider-Man. Yep. We should call it Spider-Man 3. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, they shouldn't call it Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man, please. They should call it (laughs) Spider-Man like yeah. aliens to alien. No number oh, on it. And man. then they'll get away from the curse. Okay. okay. And it's I mean, a musical. They, they don't put numbers on them anyway, do they? I, so. know, I know. But they should have it with aliens. So there's just necromorphs. They kind of did that already, but sure. With alien? Well, in like the Avengers, but. I mean, there's aliens. Oh, in, I don't know. I was in those. Well, that's kind of like yeah. Venom. Venom's an alien. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's, he's uh, necromorph. Like he's not really a necromorph, but like, you know, it has that oh. kind of like creepy. Or sorry, xenomorph. Ooh, xenomorph is what xenomorph. Yeah, yeah, necromorph sorry. is. What oh, is yeah, yeah. Dead space. Is dead space, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's too early for me to turn, like, to differentiate alien Your morphs. Actually, he's just saying. Animorphs, yeah, xenomorphs. Oh. Necromorphs are Animorphs, oh my god. The symbiote, symbiote. is more is closer to a necromorph than it is a xenomorph, so you oh, were kind of on the money with the whole Venom Carnage thing. Anyway, sorry, Sam. Yeah, you guys, you're you right. keep pronouncing Venom wrong, because obviously Eminem venom. taught us how to do it, and it's Venom. Oh. You have to say it very no. quickly, and then v- say the venom. M like eight times. No. Venom. No, I'm not doing you just anything. Have to be, you just have to say it about uh, like like Michelle Williams in Venom and say, "I'm sorry about Venom." Eminem <laughs> should Eminem should recreate that Eminem commercial uh, for Christmas where they're like, "Oh, Santa Claus!" And then they see Santa Claus, and then they're like, "Oh my God, he exists!" And then they pass out, and then Santa Claus is like, "Oh my God, they do exist!" And then yes. he passes out. Uh-huh. Yeah, when, they should recreate said, that with Eminem. When you said, "Oh, Santa Claus," that just reminds me of that Lord of the Ring vi- video, the edit of the ending. Where um, Frodo's in bed and like it's all slow motion. He's like, "Oh, Aragorn," <laughs> and all <laughs> that. I don't know if you've that seen that video. edit. So it's funny. so good. <laughs> so you know what weird. else is good? It's hilarious. Video game. That's not true. Oh yeah, right. We've done 150 of these, good. huh? There's no, no good video games. 50, yeah. Wow. That's like like half a century or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got there. As you're right. No, Sam. Sam got me. Uh, being from being in Greenwich Mean Time, he is the time expert, and it is a century and a half. Yep. Uh, it's like half and, a century or something, indeed. Yeah. yeah. We were we were just talking about uh, Tom Holland and Spider Man. So, Sam, how about you tell us about about Miles Morales, who is not. Spider-Man. I guess he's Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. He's Tom Holland. Yeah. He's not Tom Holland. Uh, I really Spider-Man. like that they specifically Spider-Man. call out in the subtitles. They call him Spider-Man in the subtitles. They don't mm-hmm. call him Miles, which I was like, this is good. Yes. And when him and Peter are talking, both the subtitles say Spider-Man. <laughs> Wait, oh, but, I like that. But is Peter, is Peter just Peter at that point, or is he Spider-Man at that point? Because I thought he was uh, he was on vacation. There's a scene or something. with them both as okay. Spider Man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the subtitles say Spider Man for both. But I think one. I think Pete's blue and he's red. That's okay. Cool. So they, they color. Yeah. Okay. That, the the yeah, opening of that game is super cool because it's them. It's awesome. It's them being Spider Man, both of them together. Oh god! I, I need to buy this soon. It's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> the beginning. That's of that so game rad. Fucking rocks. <laughs> so you you know how like the very very beginning Miles meets up with Peter and Peter's no I um, don't at the very very beginning of the game <laughs> Miles meets up with Peter and uh, Peter is hanging upside down uh, while drinking a coffee upside down like he's holding the cup like yes like, upside yes, down basically oh, okay, okay. just yeah. sipping from it just and it's burning, very cool burning yes. the roof of his mouth I there's a they I believe they joke about that uh, okay. Miles is like, he's how got, do you do that without burning your mouth? Factor. And, and uh, Peter's like, very carefully, or I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, Miles says, how on earth are you drinking that coffee? And Peter goes, yeah. carefully. Yes. I, I mean, he heals fast, whatever. He, get a little, little he also, mouth, he also gets thrown for a bit. He also gets thrown, like, several blocks by Rhino and 
slams into a building and is fine. So I think he can handle yeah. some well, Okay, so isn't Spider-Man technically like the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe? Like he pulls his punches so not just to make people That's Squirrel Girl, excuse you. Yeah, they they do that <laughs> stuff where they're like, you know, right now we're going to justify why this character is the most powerful being in the universe. And then uh, 10 years later, it's like, Actually, it was this character. We have a character <laughs> so, who is literally a god. Yes. So <laughs> many um, characters that are literally I mean, it was gods. Squirrel Girl, let's be honest. I mean, she's like... I mean, well, yeah, Squirrel Girl killed, like, everybody, right? She's Yeah, she's killed everybody, and they they very much... Uh, they're like, no, it, it was legitimately that person. Uh, and they say that, like, in her comics. Yeah, you know who Squirrel Girl killed? Galactus. Yeah. And that's why we're going to talk about Fortnite. No, uh, <laughs> Spider Man. What's, what's up? Uh, just for reference, Spider Man can lift 10 tons. That's the, that is the proportionate strength of a spider if you're talking right. about how strong he is. Yeah. Mm. So if, if you're curious, what, what spider? Um, like, there's a lot of spiders. I think it's just an av- a rough average across like spiders. A, right. It's not like a huntsman or a wolf spider. Animal well, spider. it's a pretty small I, spider that bites him. It's smaller than his hand, but it's genetically yeah. modified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a magic spider, like a, to, um, to, G- to GMO spider. Yeah, GMO spiders, Monsanto spiders. Yep. Yeah, um, Monsanto oh, no. Spider Man. So I saw, <laughs> I saw a video this week. That spider was Monsanto. Awesome. I don't think it, <laughs> I don't think it's what people think it is, but it's still cool. Um, but there was a video of this like guy who cleaned a wolf spider's feet. Like the wolf spider oh, got itself that. like yeah. stuck in like dust and cobwebs on the ground. It was a big wolf spider. It was like, yeah. you know, the size, the size so of a half like, dollar or yeah. something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Dollar Look, coin. Could fit on the palm of your hand pretty. It, it, it could fit in the palm most, of your hand, but it was big enough to fill your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and this wolf spider, like he like started cleaning its feet with a little exacto knife and, a, and tweezers. And the wolf spider started like holding its foot up to him to clean it. And yeah. Well, it, it's, training it, its feet. Yeah, it started like freaking out. But then after he did it once, the wolf spider yeah. would just hold the hold the hold the paw paw the the leg out and not move it I, until the guy was I, finished. It was great. I think I think it was <laughs> not as. It's one of those instances where the instincts of the spider, it was just trying to not get crushed and die. And I don't know. Was like I don't know that I believe that the spider was smart enough to understand that there was a human helping it i think smart uh, the spiders are pretty smart but anyways not that smart is, how, how how smart is miles morales uh somewhat actually super, <laughs> they they play him as like um super super nerdy they they kind of play him like a young peter um miles reminds me a lot of the um mcu peter parker Kind of. Um, he's not the coolest kid in town. Uh, he's super nerdy and like, uh, just trying to think of like a good way to describe him. Um, he's like a cool nerd. I think that's probably the best way to say it. Like, he's just a, so, a cool, like a nerd who people like. So but completely he has like, fictional. Boom. So, boom. So he's like Hen- he's like Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He's Henry Cavill. But he's way less a, built. He's not a himbo. How's his butt? Uh it's very flat. It's mm. yeah. <laughs> um I think Pete is a bit juicier than Miles. Oh, 
If one hundred percent, yes. Wow. He's also Pete's a lot more muscular as well. Yeah, I mean um, Pete's also like fifteen years older than him or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pete's like twenty three. So okay, like six years older than him. Yeah, I uh, I like the. So there's a lot of really good stuff in Miles about like him learning not to do stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's a scene where he crawls outside of his apartment building without his costume on to just like flip the fuse because their lights go out, and he's like, "Oh, this was a terrible idea. Why did I do this? I'm completely exposed." Yeah. Um, well, wasn't even yeah. just without the suit. He's just completely nude, and it's like mm-hmm. a little weird, man. <laughs> Right, but okay. Um, so how how soon after having been bitten is this? Like, is is he still in the process of getting used to the the change? It's a year, so oh. it's set a year after the original Spider Man, because uh, Pete's they they when they reference the events of the original, they say last year. So it's a, a certain number of months, and it was well, like summertime in yeah. Spider Man, and it's Christmas in Miles Morales. Right. So it's at so least it's like a year, year and a half-ish. Yeah. Uh, like, Pete's very clearly been training him this whole time, mm-hmm. um, and they've been going out and doing stuff together. Um, but Miles has, like, Miles has, like, his makeshift Spider-Man costume that's, like, a really nice nod to Spider-Verse in the first mm-hmm. few scenes, where he's basically wearing, like, streetwear and a Spider-Man mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... It's really funny because they said like we developed my they developed Miles without having seen Spider Verse because it came out when they were mostly all the way done with the, like the creation of that character. So their Miles does hew a lot closer to comics Miles than the Spider Verse Miles. Um, although cool. funnily enough, because Spider Verse is so big, the comics Miles is now a lot more like Spider Verse Miles. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, the thing that's the that's the best about it is like getting a new, different view of New York. Um, Miles is like Miles is properly a neighborhood Spider-Man. Like ninety percent of the quests are related to Harlem, which is where he's moved in Miles. So he does live in Brooklyn, like he does in the comics in the original Spider-Man, but they move to Harlem. Um. It's, I think it's a really smart, really short, really fun short story. Um, I do think it's a better game than the original because of the, like, there's no padding. Like, it doesn't feel padded out at all. Like, all the side stories and the side content um, uh, kind of help build that relationship between you and the city, which is very funny because you get the same ending no matter what you do, and the characters for, that you, like, help in the side quests are in the ending. Um, I won't spoil anything for anyone, but I think it'd be very funny to just mainline that game and be like, who the hell are these people? Because <laughs> um, they clearly be expect, because it's such a short game for you to play everything. Yeah. Um, I think the yeah the new combat stuff is really good. Being able to turn invisible completely changes the stealth up, um, as you might expect. Um, and it makes doing there's like a, a thing you can get on the ability tree which turns you invisible instead of getting spotted so if someone spots you miles will instinctively turn invisible which is really cool um and it means that like you don't instant fail 
uh, stealth challenges, which is really, really nice. Especially, like, if you remember, like, old Assassin's Creed and stuff, where, like, you get spotted and you're like, oh, cool, I have to redo this whole section. Or the if you get spotted in Spider-Man, what usually happens is they call in reinforcements. So you might be like, oh, I've got one, I've taken out one, I've got one guy left to take out or whatever, and he accidentally spots you, and then six more dudes run into the room and you have to fight these six dudes, and that was always really annoying. Um, so getting around that with the camouflage is great, and the new Venom abilities are really cool, and they also add to traversal, which you wouldn't, you'd be like, an electric punch, how's that going to work? But like, he can charge it and dash, so it adds another move to the swinging arsenal that makes Miles super fast and fun to swing around as. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk too much because I'm the only person who's played it. In like, well, the only person who's finished it. I know Pat's played a bit, um, and yeah. I genuinely think it's probably the be- one of the best looking games I've ever seen. So it's yeah, it's worth your time. Cool, definitely. The loading Hi. times on PS5 are insane. I would play it if I could get my hands on a PS5, but I've been shut out of like five different lotteries at this point. God damn it, Japan. Just give me a PS5. Give it to me. The state of 2020 and trying to find new electronics or computer components. I I got a GPU. Yep. I got a 3070. Can't get a PS5. They've been they're getting easier and easier to get hold of in the UK not, and like not here. <laughs> the when they, we got a new shipment of stock this like this week and like a load of people I saw got one and I a load of people I know got one on launch day as well. Like Basic, bought one when they came on sale either. on launch day. <laughs> there, uh, like I saw apparently Rakuten, which is like Japanese Amazon, uh, got. Like, they keep putting them up, like, once a week, maybe. Maybe twice a week, depending. But they put up, like, ten at a time. And they're, like, one of the biggest retailers in the country. And they just put them up. They don't do, like, a lottery like all the other, like, stores. They're just like, oh, here you go. Uh, So, like, ten at a time? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, So, yeah. my My hopes of getting one this year are... Slim to none, it seems. Um, yeah, like I say, I won't talk too much about it. I've already yeah. like talked 10 minutes monologuing about how much I think it's great. Um, I just would say I'd super recommend it. Um, I do think it's super overpriced for how much there is to do yeah. in that game. It definitely... Um, I, I bought the, like, this, whatever, $70 one that has the base remaster in it, and while I think... $20 is a little much to pay for that when I bought that game for whatever 90 Actually, or whatever the well I bought the like the oh, you, you bought the game. season pass and yeah um so I think it's kind of ridiculous that I had to pay for it again at all but it the fact that it comes with it makes it at least feel like I paid like 35 to 40 for the remaster and it's like 30 to 35 for miles which feels more appropriate pricing wise for what miles is in terms of its size because it definitely i i think it's better for it that it's a little shorter i think they should put out these games i I don't actually need another huge one i could be totally happy with more short ones um for you know 30 to 40 bucks but uh 50 is certainly was is kind of just make it episodic that's what i'm saying yeah 
Um, but I think, yeah, I think it would be better priced as like a $40 game with $30 for Spider-Man Remastered. Like yeah. that kind of makes sense for me. Um, yeah. to, to like, to give you like an idea, I did everything in the base game the first time around. So like I did every, uh, I completed every challenge. I like maxed out, uh, I did all the crimes. I maxed out every area. I a hundred percent the game. Uh, and that took 16 hours, like literally everything you could possibly do apart from new game plus took 16 hours and new game plus took me about three and a half hours. Honestly, Which, that's, that's kind of what I playing the story and skipping all cutscenes. That's kind of what I want from an op- open world game. Like, there's two ends of the open world spectrum, and that's certainly one of the ones that I am interested in. Um, for th- I think for that that kind of game, I think I I missed the length of the original Spider Man. I got to say, like, I think that 25 ish hour campaign. That's um, good. That's a good length. Like, yeah. you you could have taken some bits out. Like we did not need those Mary Jane stealth missions for the like no. puzzles where I you mean, have to match. I like I really love Mary Jane and yeah, in that game, but at absolutely. the same time, like ugh, it was it was rough. I think those missions could have been um ones that I think there could have been better ways gameplay wise to handle some of that stuff um, while still giving her more screen time yeah um, that that's the thing that's that's the thing that like makes me want to go like i don't know it's because i i like that she had some screen time and that you, there are certain points where you do play as her um just because i, I find her really appealing in that game but I think she's, that might be my favorite iteration of mary jane outside of the comics. absolutely books. oh 100 yeah. um, I, I, I preferred so. this version to the comics mary yeah. jane that's okay just like, she's like maybe yeah. my favorite mary jane i really like her um, uh, and i want more screen time for her I'll but then also i'm like uh that those were not the best ways to i feel uh, like they should make that. the mary jane levels like adventure game style where you're like going and tracking down sources and you're on the street level in the city <laughs> yeah taking the cool. subway around yeah. like, i think that, that would be super cool i think the mission in grand central is also really good where she's oh. captive and you're like swinging around the building and spider-man stuff that reminded me of yeah, the like ps2 like, spider-man game not Spider-Man communication 2, between the but, two of you and stuff yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was what, fun. What what if the Spider-Man parts where you're playing as Peter are as they are, but then when you get down to playing Mary Jane, it's kind of like playing L.A. Noir. Yeah, I mean, that's why she has a gun. Like. Yes, give her a gun. You have to go into warehouses <laughs> no, you just, and get into shootouts. You can just and then, doubt and a, and a rocket, she, a rocket launcher or what is it? No flamethrower. She cheats on 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 Peter um, with with a, a prostitute. And then gets in the goes in the sewers and gets into a, a, a like Vietnam style flashback situation with the flamethrower. Yes, that's a flamethrower. What, what games Vietnam, do you II. play a journalist in? There's the new Don't uh, Nod game. You play a journalist, but what other games do you play you, a journalist in? Uh, bug snacks. Okay, yeah, <laughs> there we go. There we go. I need uh, before we you transition to games. Aren't you a journalist in the condemned? Uh, no, you were a cop. There's a, there's a game where you play a journalist that's like condemned. condemned is and really my brain dead. is going. They should insane. remaster condemned. Anyway, should they? Yeah, you need to just you, buy an Xbox Series X. You can play it right there. I could play it right now on my Xbox One X. Um, I need to say before we move on to something else. <laughs> when I woke up and I was catching up on our chat messages, and Andre said, uh, "Apparently, there's another Don't Nod game out." And then Sam said, question mark. And then Andre said, you're an investigative journalist, I guess. I thought that was a like, 
I don't know, you're an investigative journalist. You figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's an oddly hostile. Like, no, wow, that's no, kind of awful. Literally, that's you, you, the game, the main character is an investigative journalist. I had to reread it four times to understand that that's what I mean. <laughs> wasn't just you being like a very, very uh, hostile know, Sam, and be like, well, an be an investigative journalist. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. Like, <laughs> Okay, I thought of one uh, more. Outlast, one he more. plays a journalist. Yeah, I was going to say Outlast was a journalist okay. game. And Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. Ah, uh, yes, everyone's point of reference for yeah, I don't know. Uh, games I don't journalism know and journalism Pokemon in Snap. games. I don't think that counts that's, in you're, Pokemon That's not Snap. a journalist. You're, you're, you're a research assistant. Yeah. <laughs> like with every Pokemon game, your main job is research assistant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Fortnite, (laughs) speaking of research, Marvel, Fortnite, Galactus. He he ate Fortnite or something. Yeah, uh, the event was uh, trash to play, but I I think it was probably pretty fun to watch. Um, I would recommend finding a streamer or group of streamers that you enjoy and watching them. Like Abby did one that played it, uh, and. Uh, like uh, my my friend Theo said that he thought it was quite funny. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't fun to play at all. It was basically um, so you know the oh, it was Fortnite. Ooh, hot takes. Damn, you know the like archive style yeah. section in Near Automata. Imagine that, but with like no skill or nuance on rails. So Near Automata. Did anyone ever play? There was a Star Wars game called like um, Rebel Assault, I think. I, I played Rebel say. Assault. Yeah. The, you, you know when you fly the Millennium Falcon. Yes. In through in the all Death the Star stuff. Yes. That was basically it. You're flying up Galactus's arm. I thought you were going to say place. either up his nose or up his butt, and I was going to be far more excited <laughs> for either of those possibilities. Oh man! Uh, you're flying a battle <clears throat> bus up Galactus's arm, and the I battle can't. bus has a gun. I can't imagine drones. The battle bus cannot go very fast, can it? Iron Man's retrofitted it. Wait, fucking fucking course! Iron Man retrofitted the battle bus. (laughs) I hate this, by the way. (laughs) And that's Fortnite. And now uh, we're going to move on. And then Kratos shows up. Uh, The Kratos cutscene is quite good. It's got man cake in it. Man cake is that is that what they put in urinals? Is that (laughs) <laughs> he's a living stack of pancakes that has a gun. What? Is is this uh, from a comic? No, no, it's, it's a Fortnite it's character. A Fortnite character. Oh, oh, there's okay. very I, good. There's I honestly good had no idea characters. either. Ninety ninety percent of Fortnite characters are just sentient food. That's not. Unfortunately, it's only like ten percent of Fortnite characters because, and I say unfortunately because they're the best ones. There's that, and then the mus the horny cat, the muscle cat. That's a good. That's a good skin. Also, <laughs> meowskiller chef. I don't. Maybe. He's not horny, know. he's just muscular. He's very he, patient. He, Meowskiller. He's horny in the movie, apparently. There's hey, a movie? Who isn't? No, the, the Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter. The Monster Hunter. Village of Bitch. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Uh, not, not a Fortnite movie. <laughs> yeah, no. The Fortnite no, there will be The muscular... I'm playing as the Mandalorian right now in Fortnite. Yeah. I have a I baby mean, Yoda that, whatever. That whatever. Game, the, 
has just become like what Disney Infinity was trying to be in it. I hate point. I hate this. I want to point I want to I want to get this out of the way ahead of time. I hate that I'm about to make this reference and then I'm about to suggest what this is. That game is just the Oasis from Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Clearly Tim mm-hmm. Sweeney read that book and was like, I want to make this but real. And that's now what Fortnite is. That's mean of Fortnite. I think I think I think <laughs> Tim Sweeney said went, with you. I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, I'm persecuted like and I should make money. Give me um, a lot of money to put your shit in my game. <laughs> no, of course. But I think like, I, you, you know, there are people on that staff that are like, hey, we could really make the Oasis a reality. I bet you yeah. in five years, there will be teachers when we're still in pandemic hell and quarantined because the vaccines failed. Uh, <laughs> there will be teachers God. teaching, teaching classes in Fortnite. Apparently, there's teachers teaching classes in Fortnite already. There just you so go. you're aware. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there already were ones in uh, Animal Crossing, too. There, yeah, there was reports on BBC News about yeah, Animal Crossing a guy who yeah. loves yeah. Fortnite, and he was like, okay, kids, we're going to party up, and I'm going to talk to you about history while we play Fortnite. What? To be honest, it's probably more effective than trying to get kids to sit on a Zoom call and watch. Honestly, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it like, keeps kids engaged, and then it's like, so FYI... You, you I, I don't know how you, I'm trying to figure out how you could connect history to Fortnite, but, you know. You just, well, you unfortunately, see, you just can't. MLK was a lot oh, like Jesus. Tim Sweeney. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, the battle the black... bus is, <laughs> so, oh, God, oh, no. Oh, no. Rosa Parks uh, make Woody <laughs> sit on the back of the battle bus. <laughs> no. No. Fuck, 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 also fuck Epic and Fortnite and Tim Sweeney. I thought you were going to say fuck right Rosa Parks. Bus. I was like, no. <laughs> no. Rosa Parks is the best. This is getting like, but, I'm really, uh, this okay, is getting so, a lot right Detroit, now. Okay, so <laughs> apart from playing Fortnite Galactus being bad, what was cool about it? <laughs> uh, it was really cool to watch and to be part of it. And like, like 15 million people took part. It broke Twitch. Uh, it's the most concurrent players they've ever had. Um, they've they've done the smart thing, which is as that game started to stop rocketing up the charts, that's when they really turned the lever on licensed stuff. So they're going Absolutely. to keep rolling. I bet you, like, there'll be a, a one more battle pass after Mandalorian without licensed stuff, and then they're going to roll back into licensed stuff. What kind of licensed stuff do you expect next? Or would you want next i guess roblox no <laughs> yeah i mean it, 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 it's expect or want the right biggest license in the world so i mean they've had the two biggest licenses in the world yeah. at this point quite Star extensively Wars. um the, uh, okay. harry potter like pick something beloved uh, yeah harry potter probably i bet they'll do a harry like, potter thing at some point and it'll be totally toned can you up. imagine seeing uh ron weasley with an ak just like <laughs> now we're yes. talking yes i can that's harry potter like, i can get behind for obvious reasons i'm not necessarily like oh let's give harry potter more money yeah, but i, I kind of want to see that i like, just want the my immortal version of harry potter oh yes night. please okay what i want the pride and prejudice uh, cast just that would be Jane Austen. Austen. Would be yeah, Jane just a Austen Jane Austen. I would, yeah. I would put money into Fortnite if that was a reality. I bet yeah, they get Nintendo eventually. They get a, they do a Nintendo. I think they get Nintendo at the Game Awards this yeah. year. Just Maybe I could imagine, see it. Yeah. but, but yeah, they would only be able to do like it'd be like Nintendo exclusive stuff. They wouldn't do that across consoles. I Nintendo don't wouldn't know. let them. I don't know. I reckon they get Link and uh, Master Chief and at the Game Awards. 
they're well, like maybe you'll, you'll be able to play those on friends. Nintendo. No, I don't. I, I wouldn't know. be surprised if you could you only play Kratos them on Xbox. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think Fortnite is getting to the big enough point where that's weird. It's there. I mean, there are Nintendo mobile games, right? Like, I think I think Fortnite is going to hit a point. I don't know if it'll happen to the Game Awards. I'm not sure if it's fast enough, but or if that's too fast. But I think it'll hit a point where you're seeing like Nintendo characters totally playable on an Xbox because you can't. Who, okay, who is Nintendo going to let hold a gun? It's They've already done it. They've already let Mario. No, no, it is. They, the, it's not a. It wasn't it specifically not a gun or Whatever. something. There was something weird, it like because they had to do gun. the blaster thing because they couldn't do like a regular gun. I think basically a gun. I can find a lot of if you go, if I Google almost image search Luigi with a gun, then I will find you plenty <laughs> of I mean, not any official. The, the, maybe maybe I just they, googled I mean, Mario gun and the, the third image is from. Uh, is is from that? Is it's I just, from? I feel uh, like there was like some weird like they have to do like the blaster thing because they sure, can't let them hold like a real up, gun. They'll end up releasing doing it in Fortnite without those restrictions. Mario will hold a gun, and it'll be like they'll be like this isn't technically real Mario. Mm-hmm. This is Fortnite Mario, and he's an impersonator or something. Want, they'll do that. Want the real ass Mario. Fortnite Mario, and it's just the exact same moveset, but a gun instead of a fireball. If you, you want go. guns, yeah, exactly, I think, yes. I think the obvious answers are like Fox and Samus. Like those, those, those people have yeah. guns. Fox would be good, actually. But, but I, I want to see. Link. I want to see fucking. Skins. I want to see fucking Rosalina with like a machine gun. Uh, I mean, I can I can find that for you in like thirty seconds. <laughs> Again, not official, right? No, not not official. Uh, but I mean, if you want, Bowsette. I was gonna say Toad. Oh. There we go. <laughs> and the horniest Bowsette ever oh, will be the one no. that's in Fortnite. The Wii Fit Trainer. <laughs> oh, she she, she would. The Wii Fit Trainer's already Don't got a gun. Uh, Wii, Wii Fit Trainer is passe. It's gotta be the it's gotta be the dragon from <laughs> Wink. Oh, Wii Fit Trainer in, in Dragon Wii Fit, Fit has got two guns, buddy. Yeah. The Wii Fit trainer like goes to like concealed carry yoga classes where you do yoga while you have your gun. <laughs> is, that a is that a thing? Yes, that's a thing. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. United States, why? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could ask that about a whole lot there of is things. A- any, any, anything you can think of in the United States, we have that plus a gun. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a dog gun holster. Yep. You I mean, I'm a, not surprised. You can get a holster that, yep, that's 100%. Mm-hmm. You can just put it on your dog so you yes. don't have to carry a gun. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Officer um, Rudy had it. That dog have a permit? <laughs> it was my dog's. You'll have to ask him. Rough. <laughs> uh, um, all right. No, I'm saying Link, Breath of the Wild specifically, Link, because if you think like Chica Slate patterned guns, and like, there's a lot of stuff he could have. Like a little guardian. Like, there's a lot of stuff you could do. I bet there'll be Destiny and Fortnite eventually too. too. So, so, what did mm. what did Galactus actually do? They just like, just like he, bores, he tried he to eat Fortnite and it didn't Pride? super work. Is because Fortnite is too big. It's too popular. The people fought back. Uh, like. He's trying to eat the zero point, which is the energy thing that oh, fuels the I, world of Fortnite. We can't like where the black hole was. Yeah, I need to actually look at the Fortnite so, um, storyline because I'm semi invested in Fortnite I, now. 
You played like four hours in the past four days. I refuse to accept this semi-invested narrative. I just find it interesting. <laughs> it's um, fine. Like, I'm not every time I play a game, I'm like, this is good. You can What's be semi-invested. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't play Fortnite. I'm just saying this has all happened in like the last less than a week. Hey, man. Life comes but, at you fast. But no, what would have been rad is if... Like this wouldn't have happened, but if no one played this event and Galactus did actually eat Fortnite, and oh, I wish that had happened, it was just over. (laughs) Apparently, apparently, my friend's son uh, was super hyped for Galactus. They played it and everything. He got to see it, which is great. And then um, the timer comes up, right? Which is essentially just their maintenance. And 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 his son was like adamant that something was going to happen when it hit zero. And it was like gonna blow everyone's minds, so they had to leave the timer on for the whole nine hours <laughs> on the no. TV, and then nothing happened. Of course, <laughs> and teach, how old they, is this? They kid? would have shown a video. I expect to start the season. There was a kickoff video. Yeah, but that just happens flossing. when you launch the game after yeah. the maintenance. How how old is this child? I think it's like eight or nine years old. Got to got to get him young. Got to teach him. Teach him. Yeah. Nothing yeah. good comes at the end of a timer. It's the classic story of like two years ago. He was like, "My kid's not going to play Fortnite. That's trash." And then, why would you even? My kid's going to play PUBG. And we were all like, "Your your kid's going to play Fortnite." Ring of Elysium your kid finds out only. What Fortnite is, <laughs> your kid's going to play Fortnite only. Like radical heights. All right, I'm I am commandeering this conversation, <laughs> yeah. and I am going to say. Uh, Nintendo, what if they had like a, a battle royale and were like 35 Marios <laughs> dropped into a yeah. Mario level? Uh huh. And then what it if? disappeared on it's, March 31st. Sounds like it would be interesting for be, a few rounds and then it, you might get bored man, and it would make sense that it's only I, available for a limited time. I, I bet the fans would make a great version of that. Yeah, that's forever available and better than whatever Nintendo does. And then it would get the key love it though. Is the <laughs> well, I don't this is not in any way meant as like picking on you, Allison, but if they made like a Coheed and Cambria battle royale that was even more a better example, there's a bad Coheed and Cambria fighting game on mobile. I still like huh. it a lot because it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I, but, uh, okay okay you say that like oh there there's an element of well you like mario so you might like this where i think it's like legitimately surprisingly good like once you've okay. put a couple of rounds into it and you, you get used to the to all of it okay i mean i believe you i believe that you're impartial enough to make that judgment yeah because like i i played like okay so i've been playing super mario brothers 35 right I played a couple rounds like right when it launched and was like, hmm. I, I kind of felt that same way where I was like, hmm, let's, let's not, I, I'm, I'm going to, I, I, I'm not really into this. I will go back and just n- not play anymore. But for some reason I decided, okay, I'm going to try it again and put a little bit more time into it. And then I got really kind of hooked on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think is really, really interesting is that I, I feel like it's completely transformed Mario Brother like Mario Brothers into a different game, which is really interesting. Like 
there's very specifically different ways of playing it. And there's like a different meta to playing it in 35 versus playing it regularly. Um, so like I, I really, um, as everybody probably already knows, I love uh, Tetris 99. Uh, but in, in essence, it is Tetris really. Right. So like you're playing Tetris. It's, it's how you would play Tetris in another game, just, you know, in, in kind of more of a battle royale thing. Whereas with um, Mario 35, it really adjusts how you play the game um, because of it really puts a new value on things like coins. Uh, and then also there's um, this, this specific time clock that you have, uh, which you increase by defeating enemies or getting extra uh power-ups and or getting uh, to the end of the level. So there are a lot of times where you might be playing through 1-1, which, you know, everybody's played a million times, but you might um, either, you might linger in the level a lot longer than you otherwise would because you want to try to get more uh, time or you want to get as many of the coins out of the level as you possibly can. Uh, so I feel like there's like this very interesting kind of meta in in there with Mario 35 that I didn't notice the first time I started playing it um but has made it an interesting one to play longer I don't know how long I'll play it but I've been uh well, really enjoying it this week because it's I think uh I, th- I think a surprisingly more interesting game than I thought it would be when I first heard it and when I first started playing it well I mean there's a limit to how long you can play it. Yeah, there is, <laughs> which is dumb. Yeah, I feel like it's either interesting enough to sustain, like to be playable for a long time, and then it's frustrating that they're limiting it, or it's a fun little curiosity that doesn't really have the legs, and it makes sense that they're limiting it. Either way, it's kind of like... It's not wrong that they did it. I mean, it's if it's, it's, it's. I'm glad that a thing exists for people to enjoy for uh, any amount of time, even if it's ephemeral. But still, it's it's just it's just weird. It's I, just think weird it's, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a stuff. bad idea that it's limited. And I. I am. I think that's the biggest frustration about it. Um, the only other frustration I would have with it is just. Um, that you play one one so many times that you're just like okay I get it, but at the same time that's kind of easy makes it like when when that pops up it kind of gives you a little reprieve when you're like okay I I know this level uh, take like the one, back of my hand one one is the best Mario level I mean it's a great level it's just that uh, it's at the start of every game you get one one you start with one one um, and thought, each I game you, hmm. Hmm? I, th- I thought you could pick different starting levels. You pick levels, um, but those get kind of. Sh- I think from what I from what I understand, those get shuffled into the rotation of upcoming levels. So you'll see you'll see the same level come up multiple times. Which, uh, if you're playing a game, you will run into one one multiple times. Okay. Um, but but it, I think it always starts with one one. Um, I don't know if there's ever a time where it might start differently, but I've always started with one one. But also, um, part of part of that is because people pick it, which I'm like, I don't know why you keep picking that. Ah, but it also, yeah. But also, but, but also it's the best. But then also, um, 
you're unlocking levels when you beat a level. So you can you can pick it. You can only pick a level after you've beaten it in in a mm-hmm. game. So it's like it's the people map might or- just not have unlocked anything yet. So it's the I, map voting problem. Yeah, it's it's. It's it's interesting. Well, it's like it's one of those things where it's become kind of the default level uh, for for it. So when it comes up, you're kind of like, okay, uh, fine. I know how to deal with this. Unless it's late in the game and there's a bunch of weird enemies in there, and you're like, how do I deal with this Bowser and this Hammer Brothers? Uh, it's a dealing. There's a consistent problem with um, Call of Duty games when, like, this year's Call of Duty has map voting in it. So before the game starts, people get to vote on what map they want to play. And in theory, you're like, oh, cool, that means that I can have some agency in picking the next map. The problem is that what it turns into is there are, like, three favorite maps, and that's all anyone ever votes for. So you don't see half the maps of the game because Mm -hmm. people just want to play the ones that they can grind the experience out on the fastest. So just (laughs) new town. Basically, yes. Uh, there is a Nuketown 24-7 playlist that seems to be permanent, so hopefully that'll curtail some of that. And I yeah. say this as someone who played like five or six hours of Nuketown by itself on the 24-7 playlist in the last week, so not not opposed to some Nuketown. But. Yeah, I'd say that this is kind of similar to that, where where it's, it's ever since everybody's picking levels to be put into the rotation, if everybody picks 1-1, then it's like... Yeah, you know, and and then also, um, I I think it gets it gets interesting because since you send enemies to other people, if people have sent you interesting enemies, then it can be then there can just be like tons of different wild variety of enemies. But then the the issue is that you can only send enemies back if it's there on your screen. So if if everybody just keeps doing one one, then it's just like. Nothing but Goombas, which is not really interesting. But I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I like it, and I actually would recommend giving it a shot if you're interested. Um, I, I yeah, like I, I don't think it's an, an anywhere anywhere near the level of Tetris ninety nine because I, I still love Tetris ninety nine a lot, but I, I do think that I'm I'm surprised at how much I time I've put into Mario thirty five this week. And how much I liked it. All right. I can't, I cannot believe that they have so much stuff going away in March. That's just so weird and bizarre. Yeah. It's, I think that's, I think that's horrible. And I really think that they should hopefully, um, keep 3d all-stars and keep, keep this, uh, on the eShop. I, I would be, I'm, super opposed to piracy and would never endorse people pirating stuff. But at the same time, it definitely makes me feel like, eh, I don't fucking care. Whatever. Get the games, how you can get them. Like, yeah. Fuck Nintendo. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, <laughs> if you can't get them legally after, after March, then they're probably better on dolphin with Pat with fan patches oh, anyway. So 100%. <laughs> uh, next up, I mean, I could, I could have sworn this was like a Pat thing that he put on this list. Uh, you want, you want to talk about some coffee, Allison? Yeah, I got it, excited because well, I thought this was just going to be talking about coffee for a little bit, and then I realized it was a game. It's a game. Yeah, no, it's it excited, is. But. It is. 
Uh, I feel like Pat should probably give it a shot. Uh, if you if you want to play a visual novel, because... I don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's Sorry. the thing. I know the you don't. Was, the timing opportunity was too perfect. I'm not actually that. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Necrobarista a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the, the thing that I, I would say this is probably closer to is Valhalla. Um, it, it's... it's Pretty, pretty dang similar too, especially the kind of art style and the um, aspect of making drinks for people. Um, but Coffee Talk, it is set in an alternate version of Seattle, which is also why mm-hmm. Pat, Pat could play it, um, where there's a bunch of different, uh, like kind of, it's kind of fantasy creatures, um, but set in in the modern day, like it's specifically set in September 2020. Uh which is which leads to some interesting things, um, but yeah. So you're it's it's basically a visual novel where you're playing uh, as the owner of this cafe and you're making people drinks and listening to people talk about stuff. So it's very it's very much a visual novel. Um, I uh, it's it's very much uh, in that same vein, like I said, of Valhalla. Uh, but I've been really enjoying the time I've put into it. Um, it's it's one of those games that I really wanted to come back to before the end of the year because I, I just kind of kept putting it off, and it, I'm I'm it's been a fun time to enjoy. It's it feel it's it's different from Necrobarista, but it's also similar in that it's it's taking this kind of concept and uh, trying to discuss some really interesting ideas with it i don't think it's quite as well written as necrobarista personally um it's there were certain times where they're talking about very about like uh social topics that are at it's uh a little bit overhanded a little bit too like i well like sorry i'll just gonna say i have have a question because i'm looking up info about this game and it's by toge who is they're also the ones who made like when the past was around and mm-hmm. uh, they're Indonesian. So does, yep. does, does it feel, cause it's set in Seattle. Does it feel like it was written by someone from Seattle or does it feel like someone uh, who has seen a lot of Seattle through Fraser and now <laughs> wants to write a game, but though they are from Indonesia. I, I see. I was, I was thinking about that earlier because it it's, I feel like it. Some, I feel like it's at certain points gets American culture, but also they can get away with not knowing everything because it is this this very much different universe. So it's not supposed to be set in our Seattle. It's Seattle, but everything is different. Mm-hmm. Um, it sometimes covers uh, a lot of... It covers a certain American... Um, Social issues, like one of the um, uh, as you see, as it is, you know, tale as old as time with like fantasy stuff, uh, dealing with uh, being as an analog for racism, uh, and then also it's it's dealt with um, healthcare briefly and then immigration briefly. So uh, it's dealing with these American issues, and it, there are certain points where I'm like you wonder to what extent that team I've heard that it kind of, and I haven't played it. So this is, this is just what I've heard from a couple other podcast conversations um, that it kind of misses the mark on some of the like 
talking about racism. Yeah, it's it feels and, very like that. That's the thing that where like I said, where I was like kind of heavy handed. It's it's very yeah. much like the hey, they it's there's nothing that's been like outwardly nothing offensive um, offensive or, yeah and it, and you can tell that they're coming into it with good intentions but but it's just very much like you, you, you it, it kind of goes some of the stereotypical route where it's like the elves are snooty and yeah. the uh they're and, discriminating against the orcs and it's like and hmm. there's from what i've heard there's some like ah we look different but we are at the at the end of the day we're all people and we should come together, and it's wrong for us to mistreat each other. Kind of like, yeah, it's very, it's like very yeah. heavy-handed, like that, yeah, where it's like, yeah. you, where it's like, you know, kind yeah. of. That was what like, put me off of it initially. To be honest, was hearing that it didn't have a lot of nuance in some of that stuff. Yeah, right. I would say the the thing that I think is is not the worst about it though is just that it's that's only a, an element of it um, of the story and of the sure. characters. And I, I've liked a lot of the characters that I've run into so far. And I, I think that's, I think that there's enough interesting things there with the characters that the, the couple of times where, where they're like, you know, kind of stumbling over heavy handed social messaging is okay. Um, like it's yeah. like, and it's also again, one of those things where you can tell that they're coming at it from a, place of kindness and they're coming at it from a place of like, good intentions. Yeah, I think it's well intentioned. So sure. it's like well intentioned and there's enough other interesting things that going on there that you're like you know occasionally there might be a line where like okay I see what you're I see what you're trying to do there. Yeah. Oh no these characters are different but they're trying to get married but their families don't approve like they're very kind of stereotypical stuff um but i I, but i think it's you know decent enough on the end of the day that it's like that you you can kind of look past it there are just a couple times where i'm like i see what you're doing here (laughs) you know yeah and that's that's kind of that's actually almost directly how i felt about when i played their demo for a space for the unbound, which was the one where you mm. kind of go into people's dreams and stuff like that, where it's like, it seems like they're almost going to do like, they're trying to do some stuff that's really interesting. But the, the issue I had with the space for the unbound and I only played the prologue cause that's all that's out. Um, uh, was like you dive into someone's brain or dreams or mind or whatever. And you only get like two to five minutes in there. So they don't really take enough time to actually explore anything. It's, okay. It's like, see, that's a little bit different because these are since you're running a cafe, like these characters come in different times, different days. So you see the same characters mm-hmm. over and over, um, and you start learning more and more about the characters. So it might um, maybe get a little bit more nuanced later. I just don't mm-hmm. know if it will. Um, but I, that's one of the things that I think works well is that you see these characters multiple times and. You, you start to kind of, you know, kind of grow with them. And also you see the characters come in multiple times and then all interact with each other, which is one probably, I think, my favorite thing is just seeing these uh, different characters interacting with each other and, uh, and, and those kinds of um, kind of variations on who's talking to whom. And there's, there's, there's certain uh, dialogue moments that are, 
legitimately really, really good, I think. Um, uh, especially with some of the animation, which is um, uh, like a 90s anime type animation. Uh, but there, there are a couple of moments where some of the character animation, I think, is really, really good in mm-hmm. conveying things and it looks and it looks really nice so it's 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 like i feel like i'm very um conflicted because i feel like it is uh just like a step away from being like really really fantastic but it's just like not quite there you know where i'm like oh if you'd like uh you know uh workshop this a little bit more or if you'd um refined this aspect of it a little bit more then it's like it could have been really great because I feel like also the aesthetic and the general vibe and the general music works really really well too so I I even if there's something that's a little bit heavy-handed or something that doesn't really quite work I'm really willing to push through it uh especially given in this year uh, 2020, where the idea of like going and hanging out at a coffee shop is just like so foreign to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I I think it's still worth it. Like it's it's not a very expensive game. I got it on sale um for I think under ten dollars. Uh, and I, I I this like genre of game of make a drink for somebody and then there's chatter i think is like a very specific micro genre that i I enjoy a lot and would want more of uh i don't think it does it quite as well as valhalla but um and you have apple arcade right so uh not anymore but i can i can get it okay i was gonna say because then you could maybe try neocab which i personally did not like very much but i played uh, some of neocab it was fine yeah it it tries to do some stuff similar but I, i didn't like it very much I didn't particularly like it myself. I, I was actually I, kind of excited I kind about of it, but it wasn't. bounced off of it. I would say that the best one so far is Valhalla, but um, yeah, I, it, I, I, I think I, I still think it's worth it, especially if you're willing to kind of push through some of the. Uh, uh, rougher elements to, especially you get to some of the aesthetic and then also just i i think that you know there are some good story moments and some good conversational moments as well too so oh man sorry i have some breaking news oh that i just got in my email straight up i'm going to send the link to our group chat so you all you can all look at it at the same time okay. uh but Final Fantasy no. 14 has a sticker set crossed with Pusheen, the kitty cat. That's so cute. So it's a bunch of adorable takes on Final Fantasy 14 characters you know and love, but it's also a cat. So you got Pusheen, the little kitty cat, riding a chocobo and stuff like that. Fuck. That's pretty oh, that's fantastic. Cute. That is a cat. <laughs> that is. Todd Howard is not happy. <laughs> Todd Howard says no. Baby Todd Howard found out about the Starfield leaks. Oh, <laughs> but man, if I can get a Pushin Yashtola, I'm in. Anyways, that's final iPhone, Alex. Anyways, yeah, I think that's everything I, I had to say about Coffee Talk. But I, I, I I'd be one. interested to hear if anybody else plays it and 
wants to know or yeah, plays it and what yeah. they think about it. All right. Cool. Well, you've got one more game on here that I played. Yeah. I talked about. See, you finally picked it up. Yeah, I picked it up quite a while ago, but this is just me playing it now. Yeah, so I've been playing a bit of the Solitaire Conspiracy. Um, mm. So I recently got a new computer. Uh, Hell yeah. Through very weird circumstances. <laughs> um, but I got a new laptop, and among it, and one of the things I was doing was, um, since this laptop has integrated graphics, which is not what I would necessarily choose, but I also got this laptop for free. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was just tra- testing out some of the games on it uh, and seeing, you know, what could this laptop handle um, in terms of, of gaming, especially since it's a very small and light computer, so it's very, um, very mobile, um, much more than my old laptop. Uh, so, but one of the things I decided to give a shot was the Solitaire Con- Conspiracy, which has actually been pretty fun, um, in part because my computer has a uh, touchscreen, so I can just play uh, with the touch screen which has been really nice yeah. uh it works r- really well yeah did, no i did, did did you immediately just start poking greg miller's face <laughs> no i maybe next time i play i should to see if there's any it it is very funny to see greg miller just being <laughs> greg miller in, in this game uh i but, wanted to play this uh but i was waiting to see if there was going to be an ipad version it, uh, it, it, I feel like it would work remarkably well, like especially playing it with the, using the touch screen. Um, it, it, it's I feel solitaire. Like it, it's it's kind of made yeah. for you know that kind of. It, it'd be per, it would be perfect for like an iPad, um, I think, because yeah. But but I, I've been enjoying it. I've only put like an hour into it so far, so it's not too much time. It's, but yeah, it's also it, a it's short not, game. Uh, yeah, it's not a super long game. They are yeah. doing an update with like more story stuff and oh, like neat. some more modes or like new cards. I'm I'm not entirely sure what's in it, yeah, but they are I updating think, it. So I think the general aesthetic is really fun, and I mean solitaire is is good. I feel like I don't really use the. Uh, special abilities as much as I probably should. So I feel like I'm, I'm not necessarily using it as well as they'd want it to be to like kind of using the system, the new systems in play to as, as much as I should, mm-hmm. just because I'm kind of like I, every so often I see it and like I have an opportunity and I'm like, Oh, that's fine. But, uh, uh but as but you think- get further in and like you have, have, do you have like four teams or like four? Yeah. I just okay. got four teams. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as you get yeah. more of them and like you, some of them have like not super, like most of the teams early on have very like easy or like useful skills. Yeah. Uh, whereas some of the other teams have more like skills that hinder you. And so mm, you have to be more careful about careful not, not to use. Those. Yeah. Or like, you know, using them in a specific instance and not just like putting stuff wherever, whenever. So it, yeah. it becomes harder, uh, but it is pretty easy early on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mostly playing solitaire. Um, and then I, I occasionally try to use some of the. Uh, some of the abilities, but I, I don't. I just feel like I'm not necessarily playing it to with a full extent. But then also, I'm playing it on the more um, casual, chill mode, just because I'm like I don't. I don't really feel like this being super uh, 
difficult. So, um, but yeah, no, I've, I'm enjoying it. I think it's it's a it's a fun game. I I like I like solitaire. So it's it's interesting to kind of play something that's trying to be do something different. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the flavor text is very fun too. Uh, so I, I'm just I'm interested to see where where it all goes and it, like I said it's very very weird sometimes when wh- whenever Greg Miller shows up and you're like oh hey it's like between it's, most missions yeah it's not he just, he just shows up and you're like dim ratio dim ratio <laughs> yeah he, that is a good game <laughs> I mean it, good name yeah it's, it's not very long is it Andre no it's it's pretty short but <laughs> like short like game. yeah it's just like a short FMV story to kind of basically introduce you to their like their teams and like the way they you know their take on solitaire um it's kind of you know ease you into it walk you through it and then it has like a bunch of replay you know replayable modes where you know you're trying to go for like speed and like fewest moves and stuff like that yeah i think there's like even like a daily challenge in there maybe i think so that's what it looked like um which is in, which is interesting. I'm I'm still just playing through the uh, through the story, but it's yeah. No, I think it's it's interesting, and I think that I'm really glad that there's people who are like like Mike Bithell who are making weird whatever weird games that they want to make. <laughs> so I kind of want to keep supporting that. Whereas like I'm going to make a short game that's solitaire, and you're like okay. These these the, that and like Zachtronics. <laughs> With all their weird solitaire games, mm-hmm. yeah, just just like do, being able to do whatever they want, I, I I appreciate that when when somebody's able to just go. I don't know. I feel like making this kind of game, so yeah. So I and flip flop solitaire. If anyone is interested mm-hmm. in iOS solitaire games, flip flop. I I feel like I probably couldn't go back to playing other solitaire games after how well that's made. Is that a purring cat? Sounds like crickets, yeah. which is very funny with how silent it just was. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> Following up a joke with crickets. <laughs> Speaking of nature and crickets and shit, uh, Pat, you played a game about <laughs> nature. Um, yeah, who here likes birds? Fuck yeah. Ooh. What kind of bird? Okay, I'm out. I'll see every you every <laughs> kind of all kinds of birds. Every bird that exists. Bye, Sam. No, but <laughs> many, many birds. I love birds, dude. They can fly. How rad is that? Yes. And, whatever. Uh, people can fly. We we made plans for that. <laughs> no. Like whatever. No, we can't. Uh, can you fly? Can, can fly. you fly right now? I, I, window and fly out of it. Wait, uh, I'm on the first floor, so probably not. Like it's, uh, you know, got. I don't think jumping. I don't think if you were on the third floor, you'd be any more effective at Wait. flying. Yeah, you get get some. So, uh, you know, got to get some air under these wings, and it's just like you know, I'm not going to get like so, a running start out of this room. It's pretty small. So Pat, you play Bulletstorm because people can fly. I, I Bulletstorm is good. Yeah, it's yeah. A good. Game. I mean, it was. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, I haven't played it I'm, since then. So I played a game called Wingspan, which is a digital adaptation of a board game that um, the board game won uh, a lot of awards, Um, a lot of very prestigious awards when it came out in 2018, I believe. Yeah, 2018. Um, And uh, 
Sam actually left. I didn't realize he was actually. Leaving. Oh uh, yeah, I thought that was just a gag. <laughs> In chat, he said nobody reference it, but I'm the only one who saw it. Hi Sam. You ruined it. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, uh, Sam hates birds. You can find Sam on Twitter as SGCH. <laughs> like post pictures uh, of his cat. Yeah. Anyways, um, Wingspan. It's a board game. It was a board game, kind of cardboard game, beautiful game. It has like a 3D dice tower that looks like a bird house. Um, it's like super high production value. It's um, produced by uh, Stonemeyer Games, which did Scythe, if that's a game that anyone is familiar with. Um, There's another phenomenal board game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's interesting because it is a very... Uh, it's taking a very abstract concept, um, which is just birds. Like, it's no, it's not like. I mean, technically, the idea is you're a bird watcher, but it's not like you know you're trying to rebuild your flock or whatever. It's just like it's birds. That's birds. You could you could make with the rules that this game has. You could make it anything. It could be trains or classic automobiles or whatever. Um, because what you're doing is. Uh, it's what's called an engine builder, which is a board game genre where there's not a ton of player interaction. You're not like taking things from other players. You're not harming other players, except that there is a publicly available um, set of things to pick from. In this case, it's bird cards. And so other players might take the card you wanted from the supply area. Um, And that's kind of the main form of interaction. Otherwise it is who can, um, use their limited resources to build the best engine, which is to say like when I act, when I activate this thing, it starts off um, like if I want food, cause you need food to play birds. Uh, so I'm going to take a food action. I get to pick one piece of food from the bird feeder. Like that's, that's publicly available. This is just going to turn goes, into that. Like uh, pro ZD. I was just like, thinking about that. Uh, like, dairy cow. Yeah. Here's the so, dairy driver. <laughs> She's making. T- uh, no. Um, if you take, but like, let's say, you know, we have a, we have a pool of five dice and it's time for me to play. I want to play my chickadee that requires a worm. And so I take a worm from the bird feeder and now there's no more worms. And then you go, Oh, I needed a worm. And so then you have to figure out a different solution to your problem. But then I play the chickadee on my next turn, and now when I take feed, food from the bird feeder, I also get to take an additional piece of food or something. And so it's kind of like you're building up an efficiency engine to make your actions have more effects. And yeah, this really does sound like that Pro ZD video. Like the more that you talk about uh, it, I actually don't know that video, so I, I will send maybe, it to you. Maybe it's a video it. about it, engine building board it, games. I don't it, know. It is, or okay. you know, it's like it's like magic, but it's like when you play oh, someone if it's who's the got magic the way. Video. Oh no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this isn't like that really, but I can see why it would sound like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um, it's it's a very cool game. I highly recommend checking it out to anyone. The thing that is is kind of most relevant for us is that this this digital adaptation for it is quite good, um, like exceedingly good. It is gorgeous which is something that it's hard to capture how pretty the physical game is i mean it has you know there's a concept of like needing eggs and it they have little physical egg tokens that are really pretty and different tokens for the food that are really pretty and um the whole presentation of the board game 
it's the kind of board game that I initially was like, oh, this game is so pretty. I don't know if it would work as well on a is a video game because it's going to lose all that physicality. But they did such a great job with the art and the music in the, the digital version that I think it is like in every way. I, I'm surprised it's, it costs what it does. I think it's like $15. Um, mm. And I, I, I think it is the production value and, and the art and the, the music and everything are so good. We had a little bit of, I played it with some friends. Um, we had some, oh, I guess it's $20. $20 makes a little more sense. But uh, we we had a few technical hiccups, but it wasn't clear if it was because people weren't understanding something about the client or if it was like an actual technical issue. People were claiming that like, oh, it just went. I didn't get to do a thing. And my assumption is that they clicked the button to advance the turn because they thought they were supposed to click it to do the thing. I don't think it was actually a technical bug. They claimed it was. I don't know. Um, but it does have some really cool features like it has an asynchronous mode where basically you have 24 hours to play your turn so you can so set up a game with a group. It's like chess by email. Yeah, at that point that's kind of what it becomes. You can set up a game with a group and um, asynchronously uh like take your action and then somebody else can take their action and you get a steam notification. I don't know how it works on switch cause it's on switch also, but you get a notification on steam after when it's your turn. Um, and hmm. since it's lightweight, you can, I was actually, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's so wait, so you get a notification on steam, like yes. how, like, is it like, like a pop-up, like when, when someone adds you as a friend or there's a news item or something huh. you're subscribed to. I haven't seen um, one of those before. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's. It's pretty common now with board games, digital board games. Um, I think you can get it for. I think I think you can turn it on for like Civilization and stuff like that too. Um, That's cool. But uh, it's nice because you don't even have to be running the game, and it'll say like, "Yeah, there's a turn waiting for you." Um, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, and and it's super lightweight, so you can just click the notification and it'll launch the game and put you drop you into your game, and it launches really fast, um, especially if you have it on SSD and like. My computer is relatively powerful, but I was playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and this game at the same time because while I love the group that I was playing with at a certain point, our game took about four hours and this is a game that should take maybe, maybe an hour at at most. Uh, It is not a like war of attrition, super, super long board game, but everyone I was playing with was like not planning their turns at all ahead of time. So they were taking like 10 minutes to, to play their turns. So at a certain point, it became like a half hour wait to get to my turn. So anyway, I was playing another game and this game at the same time, and they were both running at 60 frames a second with no issues. So uh, it's a it's a lightweight game. I'm sure it runs great on Switch. Cool. Uh, I imagine that you can use the touchscreen, which would make things nice on Switch, but it also has controller support on PC, So and it seems to work pretty well. Uh, it's a little complicated to get into at first because they throw a lot of terms at you, and there's a lot of rules. Um, but uh, the tutorial is really good, and because it has such an approachable theme, I think it makes the game. Um, it kind of creates a level playing field to an extent. It's not like you're immediately being thrown into like some kind of like violent science fiction thing. Um, it's it's just like, oh no, these are just different birds, and you can turn on narration that reads you a bird fact whenever you play a bird for the first time. Fuck yeah. Bird mm-hmm. facts. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's great. I, I'm very into it, uh, so I highly recommend it. That no, seems um, good. Yeah, I hope they do the expansions, because there's expansions in the, for the board game. Uh, 
Yeah, new birds like or yeah, um, <laughs> new birds, and I think they primarily focus on that. Um, What's the best bird in the game? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, there is a bird gallery that you get the bird cards in as you play them. Um, I am a fan of uh, the. I don't remember what bird does it. What it's called because I've only played one game. But there is a bird that. Um, when you play it, if you have enough food to play another bird with it in, in its habitat, you can play both of them, which is very powerful because the game is about like you take one action per turn. And so basically, and there's only 27 total turns that you're going to get and take in the whole game. Cause that's how they limit it is by turn count basically. So getting an extra turn is quite powerful basically. Cause you're getting two actions with one thing. So mm. I would say, I would say that one was my favorite in our game. But there's other little mechanics with the way cards interact too. Like sometimes birds will be like, um, you know, you activate this and now other players get to do this or have to do this. Uh, so it, it, there's a, there's a little bit of interaction. Well, um, beyond just, uh, playing your own game in, in a corner. So I have one question before we end up moving on and such. Would you say, this well i don't know if we can say it's the best but does it rank among the top um real bird world games. <laughs> bird games Re- but also real world board games to digital board game like conversions like you know having that analog yeah it's tough to say because um i think there certainly this year I, it would be hard to say over time because you know like there's some really great adaptations of chess, for example. Um, sure. And, 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 and like, uh, I think that the, the, so I think like to some extent it's sort of a yes and no. There are games where, you know, like the adaptation of small world, you can play it cross platform with mobile and this one you can play right. switch and PC, but it's not on mobile. So mm-hmm. I would, I would say it's certainly up there for implementation this year, but there's certain parts of it that I think could be better, but it's not like it's like an, it would impact my review of it. It's more like there are other adaptations that do a pretty phenomenal job of specific things. Um, so, um, so I guess yes and no kind of, uh, because, um, you know, there's, there's some stuff I would like to see them add to it to make it even better. All right. I mean, that's a wingspan. Yeah, it's too bad that birds aren't real. No, it was too bad. It's, it's, you know, it's a real, like, impressive thing when a game can, like, create such a rich fiction and, like, you know, <laughs> things that, you know, it's no Pokemon, but, I'll, like, to such do like a one beautiful one, fantasy world. One category of, like, flying I'll, creature, like, to make so many is pretty cool. I'll say if you're looking for a game to play with, like, family while everyone's quarantined or even if you're looking for a game to play with your family while you're quarantined together um as like a physical game as long as you don't go birds i fucking hate birds i think i can pretty <laughs> directly recommend this game as a really good board game and digital board game so um it from a mechanical perspective it's really good for new board game players and it's it's one of those games that like i think Catan is bad and I think this game is a much better like, oh, you're interested in playing a deeper board game. We should try Wingspan. I think it's just like it's 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 got that like it's 
crunchy and complex enough for people who are into games and it's approachable enough between the theme and the way the rules are presented that it's it's good for newer players too so yeah you've been playing another game yeah, I'll hit it real quick. <laughs> that was your worst transition <laughs> I've no, ever No, I think it was the best. That it is be factually accurate, though. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I he, have been playing one other game, basically. He, re- he refuses to play anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my devotion to completing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and its DLC. I'll hit it very fast because we're going long and I, I don't talked about it at length before. But I'm playing through the Fall of Atlantis stuff, um, which is not what I expected from a... Um, narrative perspective, but I think the narrative devices they use to frame it are really, really cool. And it does a thing that I won't spoil for people who play it someday, but it is buck wild the way that they're like, now you're going to do this. You talking about this is making me want to go it back is, into this game. I, I am. You, oh, you all God. might play it and go, whatever, it's just Assassin's Creed bullshit. So maybe it's just me, but I think that the the, the suggestion of what is occurring when you break it down is <laughs> okay. It's a real wild. I have actually, one, I have one question. Um, and if like, feel free to be as spoilery as possible with this specific question. Do you, do you encounter Tom Clancy? So what I would like <laughs> to do is, is if Allison and Andre, if you want to play this DLC for this game from 2018, perhaps uh, t- take your headphones off for like, a minute and I want to just explain to Alex the framing device here. All right. It's not okay. Wait, yeah. At some point I'd like to play it, but I'm not going to take my headphones off because I'm already playing the sequel, but yeah, you probably know some stuff. So, so something, so what happens at the end of Assassin's Creed Odyssey Uh from the meta narrative perspective is there's this object called the staff of Hermes Trismegistus, which is, um, uh, Hermes staff. And it makes its bearer immortal. So Cassandra becomes oh, the no. staff bearer. She herself, Cassandra, or Alexios, I guess, if you played it wrong, um, hands hands Layla, the out of animus, she just pops up at the gates to Atlantis at the end of the base game and is there and has the staff and is wearing a suit because she's been like interacting in society for the past, you know, thousand years, two thousand mm-hmm. years. What am I saying? Um and she's like, you're the staff bearer now, Layla. And she hands her the staff and she dies because she doesn't, she's not mortal anymore. And it's actually pretty, to me, it was pretty emotional. So the fate of Atlantis DLC is that Layla needs to learn how to use the staff to be, to save the world. I mean, we don't, I don't know what is going to happen next in the meta narrative, but she isn't a powerful, like she can't, she's not strong enough yet to, um, wield the staff against whatever the bad stuff is. So she has to learn how to use it. And she can't go into Atlantis, which is where the trials are that teach you how to use the staff because she's not strong enough yet. So um, the the Isu first civilization woman that's been guiding Cassandra and Layla simultaneously because the Isu can simulate all realities. So that's how they can talk through time from the Animus to the person using the Animus. Guides Cassandra to go through the trials in a first civilization, basically animus that she has created, where you go to the Elysian fields of Greek mythology as Cassandra so that Layla can experience it through Cassandra and, and learn how to use the staff 
that by watching by experiencing Cassandra uh, learn how to use the staff. And you're just playing Hades for this, right? It's just that's the entire. It's just <laughs> no, playing Hades. Um, but it is fucking. As soon as it unfolded, I was like, wait a minute, Layla is in the Animus to go into another Inception level of simulation. We need animus to go deeper as Cassandra to learn how to use a staff because she can't do it herself. And that I was like, this is. <laughs> This okay. Is fucking wild. So I've I've got okay. I've heard spoilers for the end of this DLC. Then I have for the end of so okay. So as you pointed out, um, the the ending of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is, yeah. is that because of the bleed effect, um, uh, uh, Desmond ends up stabbing stabbing Kristen uh, Bell. Kristen Bell's character. <laughs> the the um, two people that will get that reference are gonna lose their fucking mind. Um. So the way that they set up this DLC is Layla is underwater at the gates to Atlantis and is going through all this stuff. And her doctor comes down to be like, I need to keep an eye on you. So I don't know how it ends. It's very possible that the exact same thing happens and the bleed effect occurs and she kills the doctor. And it's just like brotherhood. Uh, Literally. So Sean, so I'm playing Valhalla and minor spoilers but i've already kind of spoiled it is sean from like the first game oh, like the british cool. guy is like yeah, yeah. meets you know finds you that's and exciting. he's like that's cool. oh yeah no he's my it's, favorite of the modern day characters he's like oh no it's chill we've dealt with that kind of thing before okay <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll i see. think i know but what happened now anyway i'll you can oh yeah the dab the dab yeah, anyway, so what I'll say about the, the mechanically that is non-spoilery for the ending um, is they introduce some very cool powers that enhance your abilities rather than introduce new abilities, and they're really neat. They make you want to play with abilities that I never even leveled up in the base game, and they give you opportunities to get a bunch of skill points so that you can go back and level shit up that you hadn't before. Um, the one, the criticism I have of it is only a half criticism, which is that these games are very much the kind of thing I wish like I'm excited to finish Odyssey so that I can spend 2021 having Valhalla in the background because Mm -hmm. this is a game that I don't think you should play the way that I'm playing it, which is to say marathoning it because I, by my math, there's three to 400 hours of content in the game when you combine the base game and the DLC. And the problem that I'm having with, with the fall of Atlantis DLC is each episode and there are three is like a some semi tight zone, but it's still pretty big. Um, it's like as big as one of the regions in the base game. And the way that they structure the objectives are you'll have a quest that is part of the main quest that is essentially to do everything in each zone. And while that is manageable, it still is. It still takes like 10 hours and makes makes the whole DLC over 30 hours long to play through. And that's Oof. not a bad thing cuz it's really fun and the way they reframe the combat with the new abilities makes it feel fresh and cool. Um like I think they could have sold this as a Miles Morales style side game sort of thing if they had wanted to. Them selling it as as DLC that's pretty affordable at this point is cool. But for me, as someone who is very excited to play Cyberpunk in five days and who wants to play Valhalla and Bug Snacks and Miles Morales and wants to check out Yakuza a little bit before oops, sorry, before our game of the year, um, it's like, oh my god, I just want to get through this. 
but I genuinely do want to get through it. It's not like it's I'm not having a good time. It's just those games are really bloated um, with side stuff, uh, fun side stuff. But yeah, Uh, so definitely recommend it to people who have a lot of time. And I think if you are the sort of person who wants to play a kind of game for a thousand hours, that pack that is like Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla, you could probably just play that for all of 2021 and have a good time. Um, Because it's there's a lot of content there, and it's a fun game. Uh, Yeah, and also fuck Ubisoft as always, but you know, (laughs) as always, yes. I I don't I don't like to level praise like heap praise on their games and not point out that they still have incredibly problematic culture issues there that hopefully are being actually worked on, like they said they would. Um, But yeah, just like Riot. Exactly right. Like we don't know. Um, Riot seems to be a burning trash fire still. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking well, of Assassin's Creed games, speaking of, I've been playing the new one, yeah. uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. After not really liking Origins that much, and then like I played quite a bit of it, but then I I stopped, and then I liked odyssey but then i i fell off that like 20 hours in now and here i am playing valhalla uh and i'm i'm liking it quite a bit uh this is like the norse themed one as you might be able to tell from the name uh but oh. most of the game takes place I thought in... it was the blind guardian themed one takes That'd place oh my god i want to play that game. if the theme song anyway. is just just goes valhalla deliverance anyways uh. Uh, most of this game takes place in uh, the UK, in I guess not even the UK at that like point. Britain. It's in Britain, <laughs> yeah. in like the ninth century. It's ninth century. Yeah. yeah, I was looking it up because I was I was desperately seeking whether or not it was like prequel or sequel. Well, and, and I know enough about British history and European history to like know when the Vikings were invading. But I was really hoping that they like budged it a little bit, and there was going to be castles. But mm. there won't be. There are no castles. No. If it's set in the ninth century. Yeah, there's a lot of churches, and you raid a lot of churches and monasteries. Uh, it it's funny because you are much like a black flag. You are not an assassin. Uh, you are just kind of mm. like you are assassin adjacent. You're like that's how working Odyssey with assassins. Yeah, you're working with assassins. Uh, but yeah, like, I, doesn't Odyssey like predates all the assassins? Yeah. Stuff. So Origins yeah. is when the assa- the the assassins yeah. order. Hence the name um, yeah. <laughs> comes into being and they have the like the hidden ones and they have the symbol. And all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. So we're. Uh, what is that? Yeah. So Avor uh, and uh, company have left uh, Norway due to some like uh, political uh, situation stuff. And which is I understand to- is fairly historically accurate as to how. Things uh, were yeah, going in Norway. I, I mean, with how Assassin's Creed tends to do its stuff, I would not be surprised. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot about Viking history, but yeah. So they, you know, like hour four ish or whatever. I was after clearing out most of that first area. I made my way to England and uh, building up my settlement there. And yeah, I mean, it's an Assassin's Creed game. It's it's a modern Assassin's Creed game. Uh, a lot of the side stuff, interestingly, has been pretty short. 
like everything I've come across so far has been like mostly completable in like two minutes, which is interesting. Uh, like it's a lot of just like run up to this person and they're like, Hey, I've got a problem. Can you solve it real quick? Like, yep, I'm going to like, I don't know. I'm going to take these boxes of shit outside of your house and then I'm going to actual shit. Into a- yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That there's, a figure, a side, like, but- there's a side quest with a child that's all obsessed with poop, right? Yeah. No, no, it's it's the it's not the child is the one like begging for your help because their father is like just refuses to bathe and relies on uh shit to coat his arrows and strike fear into his enemies' nostrils. I would not want to be shot with a shit arrow. I don't want to be yeah. shot with a regular arrow, but a shit arrow would be significantly worse than a yeah. regular arrow, I feel. And so to like solve this, you have to like take the boxes of shit outside. You have to like light all like the methane gas on fire to like get rid of it. And then you have to knock his knock the father into like a pond so he gets washed off. Does Skrillex play when you light the shit boxes on fire? <laughs> no. Do you do okay. you do you ring the doorbell and run away? No, there's no doorbell in Ice Century England. <laughs> they don't have they don't have doorbells. No one yet. no one is inside that house because it is so rank. It is just, yeah, it's like, it's the stuff they wrote for this game is very strange, but there's a lot of like very bizarre stuff that just I mean, made me laugh in the side stuff. Like yeah. these two, two brothers fighting over like uh, basically one did all like the farming and one sold it. And he's like, I'm going to do an 80, 20 split. And cause I sold it, I'm going to take 80%. And then you try and like help them, but they get into a fist fight. And then the way you resolve it and get them to stop fighting is just so over the top. The, there's a there's a side quest in Odyssey where a character who you have met at this at that point prior asks you to take a package to another character who's like a general in a fort, and you take it there. And he's like, make sure you tell him that it's uh, for his wife, and. Then you oh, take it yeah. there, and it turns out the package was a stone cast that this guy made of his penis. Yep. And then, mm-hmm. and 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 he's like, make sure you tell him that it's for his wife and that it's from so and so, this other general. And so he wants them to start fighting because mm-hmm. the note inside is like, this is for your wife in case she misses me. And then the guy like flips out and <laughs> wants to go kill the other general. I <laughs> just like that's. It's very funny the way they frame it. It's less gross than what it sounds like. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not as toxic and like shitty as it sounds. It's just. I mean, I would funny. expect ancient, you know, Athenian or Spartan generals to be shitty and do stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's probably more creative than they got. But yeah, the and then like as far as the actual story stuff goes, they've got like a lot more kind of open ended stuff going than at least that I recall seeing in like Odyssey or Origins, there's like some aspects of like open-endedness, like, oh, I'm going to support the Athenians here. I'm going to support the Spartans here in Odyssey. Uh, but I just did a quest where it was like pretty long as like a story thing where I had to basically uncover a traitor uh, in the midst of another uh, faction and help them do that. And like, it was totally open-ended. I could find as many clues or as few clues as I wanted. I could name the, I could name anyone basically at any any time like oh this person's the traitor whether i got it wrong or right didn't matter uh it like it affects the story and uh like outcome but like you know they they give you a lot more options and 
it's not as like directed as the previous games kind of were uh and it it seems pretty effective at that so far i'm only like 15 hours in right now uh but i'm really enjoying it and they they have reduced the loot a lot there is not you're not finding stuff like you're not finding stuff oh. every, you know, every time you kill somebody, you're not like picking up their sword and you're like, oh, you know, oh, but it still has the, the loot system. It, it has loot system, but it's okay. like, that's good. Then it's loot with a purpose. Yeah, it that's is. Much better. It is like everything is like, oh, I've got like the van, like hunters van braces or like the bear van braces or whatever. And it's not just like random the armor. Odyssey it's, has yeah. an interesting problem that's like. Once you start getting some legendary sets, it's like, well, I want to use these because they have cool set bonuses and it's great, but you're still picking up like hundreds of pieces of yeah. shit gear. And then yeah, there's no. no like if there was a button that just said anything that's not legendary, break it down for me for mm-hmm. resources. Great. But you have to manually go one by one and do it. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, so you're not going to break down anything in this game. Yeah. Uh, and like everything, it's everything there is like unique, basically. And gotcha. Know, uh, and you're basically just going it's not like, oh, this one has, like, higher, you know, there's, like, different, there's, like, heavy and light and medium and stuff, but there's no, like, oh, this is, like, a level 100, so it's way better than the stuff I got at the beginning of the game. You're just upgrading it all, and so you can go, okay, I'm going to upgrade this one, and then I can, like, upgrade it, and then I can take it back to the blacksmith, upgrade it again. So there's, that's like, how, tiers. That's how it is. In, okay, yeah, okay. Because in Odyssey, kind of, it's, sorry. Sorry. It's in Odyssey. They get the the gear has levels, so okay. you can upgrade okay. a gear perpetually and keep it at your level. Mm-hmm. But you also okay. level all the time, so you're mm-hmm. always yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so expensive to upgrade gear. Yeah, and you're you're so, finding new gear at like higher levels. Yeah, yeah. you're not you're not doing that here. Like I'm, you know, there's gear different. Like you know, they have different strengths, but you can upgrade all of it, and it's all viable for yeah, the whole like, game. This kind of sounds more almost God of Worry, like not like yes, yes, like, or yeah. like Soulsy almost to a yeah. degree. Yeah. Sure, um, sure. Whereas the loot in 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 um, Odyssey is a hundred percent Destiny. It is mm-hmm. yeah through and through. The That's only difference is you can you equip light as many legendary pieces as you want. Yeah, like I have not changed my gear uh, basically the entire time I've been playing so far because I haven't found enough of like a set to like change into because of the uh, like, you know, I want the bonuses and I haven't found the bonuses to I haven't found enough gear to get the bonuses. So I haven't changed. That's good to hear because I like this in Odyssey. I think it's cool. I don't know if I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. I, I think it would be cool if they did another loot game in the future, but I don't, I like that, I don't, I would get tired of it quick if every That's single stuffed. Assassin's Creed game forever now was a loot game. Uh, Immortals, uh, Phoenix Rising. It's not a loot game. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, it sort of is. We'll talk more about it when I've played some more of it. I okay. do plan to. It's that's a weird. That's a weird game. <laughs> All right, a lot of ways. That's an interesting game. But so I only played like twenty minutes, so I stay don't know. tuned, dear listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Valhalla is good. Uh, I'm really interested to see where the meta narrative stuff goes. Um, it's cool that Sean's back because I love him. So, uh, like, I booted up. I was like, very. You know, got to the meta narrative stuff. I was like, oh. But I, hey, I know him. <laughs> I yeah. haven't seen him in like four games or five games or whatever it is. Uh, I forgot whether he was alive or not, to be honest with you. He, um, he, the last time I remember seeing him was like Black Flag. He's in Unity. Um, I never played Unity. Yeah. Basically, Unity's whole plot is about Otto Berg 
going to murder him and Vanessa, I want to say, in an apartment in Paris. And you're like trying to get information for them that will help them. That's the reason you're in the Animus. And you're mm-hmm. it's still framed as that, like you're an Abstergo employee mm-hmm. going course. in the Animus for them. Um, it's the meta narrative in Unity is really bad. Unity is a game. Awesome. Really good now that it's patched up and not a technical mess. It's got a super awesome in the Animus story, but the, the meta narrative stuff is not good in it. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Uh, oh, so I. There was like the big thing uh, that was supposed to be interesting was Eivor, your anim- your assassin character, not an assassin, your Viking character, mm-hmm. is there's like something with the Animus and like DNA, and they the it, the Animus can't like make sense. It's like, is this supposed to be a man or a woman? And they give you a choice at the beginning to either choose, I want to be Lady Ivor, I want to be Man Ivor, or let the Animus decide based on whichever signal is stronger. Um, and like, so you'll switch depending uh, like different times in the story, but I have not seen in 15 hours, I've not seen that change yet. So I'm like, did I, did I That's make a mistake kind of or something? I'm really interested to see that switching back and forth. I plan to yeah. play it that way. It would be jarring if it happened like all the time. No. So yeah. Yeah. I'll be but I figured, I figured, go. um, like basically it's like the very beginning of the game. I figured maybe like after the intro and like yeah. basically between Norway and England, maybe then it would switch, but it didn't. I don't know when it's supposed to switch or, you know, like what kind of things prompt that, but I'm interested to see what brings it on. Cause you know, I've done like a few story things, but I haven't gotten super deep, but that's like my next thing is story stuff. One thing that has annoyed me is like, so they've got the map divided into divided into zones and it would be like, this one's like power level 20 and then you just, you know, you level up more and your power level slowly increases every time you level up and put points in the skills. And then it's like this one's power level, you know, uh, 50, but you'll be in like the power level 20 area and you go like, Oh, here's like a little marker. I wonder what's over here. And it'll be like, uh, here's, uh, one of the guys from like the assassins thing and you need to kill him for clues but he's like power level 90 and he just like one hits you. And I'm like, why is he in a power level 20 That's zone? That's kind of been a thing in, in origins. There was the Falakate that yeah, could chase yeah, yeah. you around and they were always way over leveled for the zone. And then in yeah. Odyssey, there were the mercenaries yeah. that at a certain point you end up, you end up being the same level as the mercenaries, but early yeah. on they can be a pain because of that. So that, that's that, that concept yeah. of like, I think that that comes There's, from, isn't it cool how people can invade your game in souls games, but since they're not multiplayer, Mm -hmm. it's like, what if, if it was just a really hard NPC that you want to run away from? And and there's Um, also like uh, side quest stuff where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the side quest and I just got one shot. What? Okay. I guess. I like it because I don't, there's a problem. Origins had this problem more than Odyssey. I'm playing Odyssey on normal, but origins I played most of on nightmare because on, normal difficulty you just switch cheese people there's yeah. no i mean you don't even you just slam the attack button mm-hmm. and bayek just just rotates through yeah 20 men killing them all immediately mm-hmm. I, and odyssey's a little better about that but it's still kind of 
Mm-hmm. That, that happens a lot, I, too. I, I think my issue with it is there's no way to know that that's going to happen when you sure. start, like, the mission. Because you're, like, like if, out in the world, like, if you see the, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but, like, the night guys, you yeah. see those, you can see, like, oh, that's, that's power level 90. I don't want to, I don't want to mess with them. But there was, like, a like a thing where I had to, like, start a prompt and basically it started a cutscene, and then it put me in a fight. And I was like, oh, this person is power level 90. I, there is no way for me to know that going into this. Sure. And and nothing else in this area was like that. It's only this this mission, which uh, was annoying, but like it saved like right before, so it wasn't like you know I died mm. and then I just reloaded. I'm like okay, well I'll go somewhere else. I'll come back later. It's still marked on the map. Yeah, at least you don't lose a ton of progress. Like at the very least. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty good about auto saving, and there's a quick save and stuff on PC. I don't know if there is on console, but maybe. I don't know. Things can save faster now. I probably in the next gen stuff or the current gen, I guess. If you want to call it, but yeah, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla seems cool. Uh, cool. I'm gonna keep playing it and just add it to my list of like RPGs that I've like started and not finished. <laughs> I gotta get. Uh, I've got one more week of work, then I can go back to Wasteland and Yakuza and Cyberpunk. Oh God. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Good, wow. good, good games. But this, this, why am I only playing long games this year? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, Alex, you, hey. you, you are not playing any games, it sounds like. No, I haven't really played many games in the past two weeks, which is, you know, always great for a video game focused podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you started another podcast. It is true. I'll get away from all you chuckle. No, I'm just joking. Any of you are welcome to any of you are welcome to join any time. But I know it's probably not of huge interest to a lot of you. <laughs> um, which, yeah, we know coding fix. We talked about it last week. Uh, the first episode has got up, um, and I've gotten some reception from it already, which has been pretty positive actually so far, which is really nice. And um, I've already started writing the. Well, I've already had the second episode like half written, and I've kind of been finishing off writing the second one it's um because these are much more scripted than uh than the podcast we do here i used to take lots of notes for this podcast i don't do that so much anymore this this <laughs> entire podcast is 100 percent scripted you're right yeah totally. every moment <laughs> we have planned out to a t we're hitting our cues we, we have some all these people, hand signals yeah some people plan out their segues that that's <laughs> We go entirely beyond every conversation is painstakingly crafted ahead of time to make yep. sure it is of the utmost uh, enjoyability. Yeah, we go for maximum comedy points. And, you know, the best the best comedy is always when it is very scripted. Yes. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> gratefully, Coding Fix has none of that. Um, <laughs> just kidding. There's there's stupid comedy in there. Uh, there's a lot of. The puns remain, but um, yeah. Anyways, no, the first episode is out. Um, if you're listening to Gaming Fix, you probably noticed that the first episode of Coding Fix shows up on your feed. So uh, sorry about that, but it, it should only be the first episode. Um, <laughs> That's a great I, way to launch it. I apologize that I've launched. <laughs> I, well, I'm well, sorry just, for inflicting another podcast on the world. No, in case in case someone was like, oh, "What is this bullshit? I don't want this," and then they their pod, <laughs> podcast app automatically downloads it or something. Like you know, um, but yeah, it gets its own feed now. Uh, it is on iTunes. It is on 
Spotify and all your your pod chaser. No, what are they called? The catchers. Catchers. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's on all those. Uh, second episode will be fun. I'm doing it every two weeks, so that'll show up again in like what a week and a half or something. Yeah, okay. and then after that, we're getting a bunch of guests. Uh, I'll be we have we have lined up guests. One of one one of them I'm really looking forward to is an all women podcast. Uh, like I'll be there, I'll be there to kind of kick things off. But after that, it's all them. Um, and it's all about, you know, working in the tech industry as a woman and in, from different countries at different levels of employment in the coding industry. Like we have, uh, one person who is a junior programmer. They've been in it for like a year or two. Then some others that are senior that have been doing it for five, 10, 15 years. So. That was super rad. 18 years, 18 years. I'm not getting. Okay, I don't know this reference. I can't remember the lyrics to Gold Digger right now. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, I don't really know what that will. I could change it to Code Writer. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. (laughs) Sigh. What else do you want to know about Andre? (laughs) Uh, the advent of code. Yeah. She coded one of your apps, got you for 18 years. There we go. That's what, yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that was bad and dumb. No, Thank that was, you for that that. was good. So <laughs> Advent of Code is almost game-like in a manner of speaking. Um, it's you like can, a Final Fantasy, like Kingdom Hearts spinoff. Yeah, it's Advent Children, but you're just seeing the code like the Matrix. No, um, it's... If you can go to adventofcode, all one word, dot com, well, adventofcode.com, not adventofcode, all one word, dot com. That would be <laughs> awkward. But it's essentially every day they have new coding challenges um, and they're very contextualized. Like they have little stories surrounding them and it's all, they've been doing this for five years. So the story is almost ongoing, but it's like, oh, you're trying to save Christmas and you're working with the elves and like, ah, uh, you've been doing this for a long time. Now you want to go on vacation to like a, you know, a desert island or something and just enjoy your time at Christmas time this year. But, oh no, they messed up the passports and stuff like that. So basically it's giving you all these problems that are to be solved with code. Like, Mm. sure, you could solve it on your own, um, like with with your brain, but like you're not going to want to do that because uh, it starts off by giving you some challenge, which they start off relatively simple. I, I, I hesitate to say relatively simple, but it's like, they'll give you a list of numbers and then they'll say, okay, uh, find the two numbers that are adjacent that add up to 2020. And then once you get that, um, multiply those two numbers together and give us that answer. Like that's the first one. And sure. You could do that as a human, uh, with the example they give you, which has five, but once or five or six or something, but once you get the actual one where it's like, okay, now give us your answer. It has like roughly 5,000 numbers and mm. you as a human are not going to want to do that because that'll take you hours. So you write code to do it and you can use whatever language you want. All they care about is that you give the right answer. Um, I've been, after I've been doing them, uh, I've been looking at like, they have a subreddit where people show their, the way they approached it. Cause there's like a hundred different ways you could approach any of these and like dozens of languages. Some people are doing all of the challenges in Excel. (laughs) And I'm just like, what kind of just insane person does like these really, sometimes really complicated challenges in Excel. It's like, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. Um, it's super funny because like they show their code and it works. But yeah, so um, I'll say if you're a relatively new coder, it's tough. Uh, like some like I would say the first two challenges are doable, and then after that it gets hard really fast. Um, like to the point where I was like, it was the fourth day. We're on the fifth day now, but on the fourth day, like I was like struggling a little bit, and I've been doing this for a long time. So uh, I've talked with other coders who say like in previous years, they've basically dropped out on like day 15 ish, 15, 16, 17, like around there. So it's going to be fun to find the limit because the stuff gets hard. Anyways, uh, it is gamified in some ways. You can join like leaderboards, like private leaderboards for uh, groups of people, you know, or companies you work at or whatever. I joined the coding blocks one. So if y'all remember Joe Zach, who we had on his guest for mm-hmm. what episode is it? The PS4 or PS5 reveal stuff rather. I think Cloud, Cloud, yeah. cloudy with a chance of PS5 or whatever the episode title was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, his podcast, uh, coding blocks, they have a, a leaderboard going on. So keeping up with them. So advent of code, it's cool. It's, it burns your nice. brain. That, that sounds fun. And if I had, been able to keep up with like coding and not had to work this year <laughs> like i didn't have to for like <laughs> three months uh and was still getting paid earlier that would have been great and i could have learned to code and studied japanese but now i'm just like i, I, I put like two hours into japanese a day and i don't want to study anymore or do anything else besides yeah. work i don't want to even do that i just want to yeah uh, but that this seems like a great like interesting thing to check out and like doable like if i had stuck with it for like you know like a couple months i could or like by the time i was at where i was at i could have uh like probably done at least like the first challenge i looked at oh yeah yeah that that seems yeah they're cool yeah and like you can go back and do them anytime so if you decided Mm -hmm. in six months well let's give this a shot you totally could the only thing is you're missing out on the zeitgeist of like the leaderboard climb which is it's fun Mm -hmm. but like at the same time there's competitive programmers that exist who they do this all the time and they immediately shoot to the top of every leaderboard. So it's like, well, okay, you just kind of have to ignore them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, um, outside of advent of code, I did one other thing, which was, well, it's actually very directly game related, but not in the way we, we think about. And I've been learning a new game engine, uh, learning how to code in it because uh, speaking of coding blocks, uh, they are doing a game jam in January. Are, are, are y'all familiar with game jams? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for listeners who might not be, it's essentially, uh, you're giving a time limit to make a game. Say let's some came, some game crunching jams. Crunching for fun. Yeah. <laughs> like some of them are crunching. Like, it's, like you do have no, ones that cool, are like, though. you have like the 24 hour, like global game jam is a, a major one. And it's like, okay, within 24 hours, we're going to give you a subject. It's going to be like, uh, I don't know, like resilience library books. Yeah. Library books, resiliency, or the, like, there's famously the Molly jam, which takes, uh, the Molladu Twitter account, mm-hmm. uh, tweets. And it's like, Oh yeah, make any game from any one of their, their tweets. And you have a certain amount of time to do it. So like I said, global game jam is 24 hours. You have 24 hours from the time of getting the thing to making a game that gets judged. Uh, sometimes there's prizes involved. Sometimes there's not, uh, other other game jams, it's like two weeks. Um, Double Fine has done their whatever something Fortnite. I forget what they call it. Uh, they've been doing it for years, but 
Yes. Uh, if they get two weeks to make a game. Uh, I'm going to double fine. Fortnite spelled the correct way because they spelled it Amnesia Fortnite. There we go. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been doing that for yeah. years. Um, but the Coding Blocks one is like uh, over three or four days. I can't remember exactly. But um, So yeah, I'm going to be joining in on that one. I haven't programmed a game in like oh, five or six years. And uh, I already know Unity. Unity's great. Um, I've dabbled in um, Epic fucking Unreal Engine. There we go. Uh, and I was like, all right, I want to learn something new for this game jam. So I'm learning one called Godot or Godot or I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced, but G O D O T, uh, which is a relatively I'm still waiting new... on that one. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been learning that. Um, it's cool. Uh, I don't know if any major games have been made with the engine, but it's like an open source engine and the community around it is extremely awesome. (laughs) Like um, I've been a part of some development communities where like the community can be kind of standoffish or like if there's new people in there, they'll be like, Oh, like, Oh, just go read the docs, you know, like, don't ask us questions like, but like go to Godot or whatever. Um, They're just awesome. Like they are very welcoming to new people. They are very much like, oh, if you're having trouble, reach out to me anytime. Like, uh, like they they want to foster this community and like they're very supportive. They're like, someone made this very simple, boring game that like like not boring, it's very simple, rudimentary game. Like it's their first time ever making a game, so they want to make something like dead simple just to see if they can do it. And the community is like, holy shit, great job. Like that's fucking awesome. Like let's, let's promote this to other people and say like, yeah, encourage this person to continue doing better. So like, that's the reason I got really interested in Godot's because of that small, really awesome community. And it's been fun. Like I started by making a little kind of text adventure in there. Just being like, okay, yeah, I can get this logic working. Then I, I made a little platformer with like programming AI and NPCs and like, you know, gravity and uh, when you bounce off of things that hurt you, it makes you bounce and make sound and blah, 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 like all this kind of stuff, like just making some simple stuff. And I'm, my next plan is to make, uh, almost like a stealth game with like visions of like cone vision, cone vision and stuff like that, where you can get detected and light plays a factor and sound plays a factor, all that kind of stuff just to kind of get my, my development legs back, I guess. Uh, and it's been, it's been nice. So I've been spending like two, three, four hours a night doing that. So it is game related and also coding related but not playing games exactly it's making games so yeah uh, i don't know if i'll ever put any of them out they're not particularly great um andre you'll enjoy the fact that with the platform i made if you die it just brings up a big splash screen that says eat my ass uh and then nice. you you click on a little little bunny icon to try again Sick. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were a sick individual. Thank you. Someone should stop you. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, so Godot's cool. If you're interested in coding, do it. The language is very Python-like. So if you know Python, you can probably pick it up pretty fast. Uh, I know Python, but it's not my preferred language. But that's also a great way to kind of learn something you don't know or you don't like as much is just to fucking do it. So <laughs> anyways, yeah, Godot, Game Jams, uh, coding. That's That's what I've been up to. Sick. Sick. Uh, and with that, finally, we're finished with games. It only took us two hours. I, you yeah. know, about two hours. Uh, it's 
been a while. Yep. Uh, it's been a while since I've gone and made uh, a fucking sin- game. All right. <laughs> uh, news, everybody. News. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, Pat's not here, so we won't talk about that one yet. Uh, the Switch got an update, uh, which finally lets you export screenshots to your phone without having yeah. to go through Twitter or finally. like taking the SD card, like God, shutting your was... Switch all the way off and taking the SD card out. And but the so Switch annoying. did this in, a, in an intuitive way, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, like, well, I mean, because like I oh, I, they've got this app. Ever, they got the I, they got this I phone ever, app, right? Yeah, if I ever wanted to use this, get a screenshot out of my Switch before you had to go like make a tweet and then. Download it from the tweet and then probably delete the tweet because you're like, who cares about that screenshot? But yeah, no, they've made something way more intuitive. Yeah, I mean, they've got this phone app where you know it connects to your account and all that shit, and they don't use it at all. Yep. In the most Nintendo-like solution. Yep. They you have to like create the switch creates its own Wi-Fi network, and you have to scan a QR code to connect to that, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then it. You can like swap. You can like move like ten pictures and one video, or ten pictures or one video, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's and it's a Nintendo thing, so it barely works. Still better yeah, than so like, getting screenshots off of a PlayStation. That's fair. And just stick a USB pl- USB stick in. But Does that, that, that uh, yeah? I mean that. I mean uh, that I doesn't work Pat, on a PS5 right now. By the way, uh, Pat, oh, really? Oh, well, Pat External is also averse to uh usb uh drives so i tried Uh, i tried this switch thing uh hmm. just to like i took a picture in paradise killer because that's the one i keep trying to play but it just never sticks for me um so yeah i took a screenshot i went to it i was like okay let's do this all right i took the first qr code and it's like yeah we're going to connect you to this wi-fi then it pops up a second qr code it's like okay now let's actually start the transfer process and i was like okay well yeah i selected stuff let's start the transfer process and then it just didn't work like like you were saying like it just doesn't work yeah it just didn't work i tried it like five different ways it didn't work (laughs) i just when i take a picture with my phone uh-huh. I can put have it in iCloud and get it on my PC in seconds. It's even better, although fuck Google in particular this week. It's even better yeah. with Google and Drive. Like it's, it's getting just, worse, but yeah, yeah. But but I mean, in Google Photos, yeah. which was is going away. I guess I think that's right. No, it's not. It's it, the free storage is going away. Yeah. Um, Unless you use their filter thingy, which puts it through their algorithm and they store it on their side too. Those uh-huh. are still free. Um, uh huh. But, uh, well, just get an iPhone because you can take pictures and it'll upload it to iCloud and it's fine. And yeah. they don't, I don't I can't, think they harvest. I can't buy the phone I want. Yeah, I get it. Because um, it's a tech product in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but it blows my mind that I can't take a picture, I take a screenshot on PlayStation and have it just, it should just show up in the PlayStation app as like, hey, yeah, do you yeah. want to pull this? Do you want to pull yeah. this photo? Oh, yeah, totally. Store it in the cloud. Don't even store it in the cloud. Leave it on my PlayStation. Show me like a really low, uh, like a thumbnail that's like really yeah. low quality, and then pull it over my network to my phone, or yeah. then mm-hmm. upload it to a server and let me pull it down. It's just ridiculous that I mean, if flash drives are working, they're not actually that big of a deal. I could go get one for ten bucks, but it's ridiculous that to 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 put a, a picture in a chat 
the best way to do that is either to message it to my partner and say, don't worry about this random message, which sometimes I don't want to then have to explain it to whoever I'm messaging, yeah. like why I'm grabbing this mm-hmm. weird screenshot. And, like it or, wouldn't be so bad if you could message yourself. Yes, totally. But it, it does or, not let you message yourself. <laughs> or or oh. put a USB drive into the front of the PlayStation, load into the storage app, move the photo over, then walk over to my PC and plug the USB drive into my PC. It's all just like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous you can't do it on Switch either, but this actually sounds like a bad solution, but still one that I wish that Sony would like try even something this bad, because it would still be better than what we got. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh that's if it's working. Um, let's see. Next up on our list, uh Pat is back, so now we can talk about Microsoft Flight oh, Simulator yes, getting VR support uh on December twenty third. I don't I think it's great because this game should have VR, but I mean my PC I have about a four year old processor, which is not that old in the world no. of I mean it is, but it isn't processors can last you should last you at least five-ish years um, yeah they, they have with. they processors are the most iterative of changes yes that we, exactly. get, we get in tech these days um i have a video card from last year and i struggle to run this game on the fairly high setting like the the one step down from the max in 1080p so you, you would need like a four thousand dollar pc to run vr in this game <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you would need the like a 3000 series gpu i would think um and uh and it is a very processor intensive game because of all the calculations the physics it calculations it's doing yeah so um you would want a pretty and to, to to i mean vr shouldn't affect that but vr does have a pretty does hit cpus because of the um degree to, because of processing uh, head physics is my understanding. Like when you're moving your head around, it's a little bit different than just a standard single point camera. So um, my understanding is that it does have hit the CPU to do that. Um, and then of course the biggest thing is it's rendering the game two times essentially. So I, I don't know who's going to be able to take advantage of this feature, but it sounds awesome. Well, Yeah. Because the way VR works is um, it, does render basically two of a scene uh, because what it's doing is it's rendering like if you think about your screen when you're looking at a game it is rendering that once because you're looking at the one screen but the way that game like vr works is that there's two screens right and they're considered two individual cameras looking at the same scene so either you can have two camera elements or you can basically re-render twice uh, at a lower resolution or lower fidelity whatever however they want to choose it that's usually the way people go for um so yeah uh that's in it yeah the, the idea of running say, vr in that game is intense what i will say is i said the same thing about elite dangerous when vr when the vibe was first coming out and it was true then to, that game was a pretty intense game to run just not in vr so to run it in vr when at the time i couldn't do it um but then after i upgraded my pc four years ago um basically built a new PC, stuck it in the same case. Uh, I was able to run it in VR and it was extraordinarily cool. (laughs) Like one of the coolest, 
it's the kind of thing where it's a big enough hassle and I live with a partner, so I don't like to disappear into VR for hours and hours. But one of the coolest gaming experiences I think I have ever had is landing a ship in Elite Dangerous in one of the stations that you fly through the mail slot into in VR because mm. you're just looking around like, holy shit, I'm here. Um, and because I had a, a HOTAS controller, it felt like I was in full control of the ship the whole time. Um, and mm. and that was very cool. And I'm sure it'll be incredibly cool to do that in Flight Simulator in four or five years when the hardware to do it is a little more... Um, standard and affordable god imagine i can just imagine what rami's going to do with this if he tries to oh. bring his full hota setup on a plane and then also rami, a vr headset if you don't follow rami ishmael on twitter one you're doing twitter wrong because rami is one of the most delightful people to follow in my opinion he's, and two he's the main character of twitter yes he in a good way that's who you don't want to be that no, yeah he's yeah. he is he is the like yeah he's a he's a wonderful person yeah um but uh but but he uh in europe currently it's a lot less dangerous to fly um because people have been in in treating in the places he's been flying to people have been taking covid more seriously the numbers aren't as bad so he's been able to do some trips to um for work and he did a flight where he took off i can't remember where he departed from but he flew to amsterdam and he loaded the flight and managed to sync the flight up within five minutes of each other and and like was like live tweeting like i'm flying in the game the flight that i'm doing in real life and he said it was like one to one in terms of the the like clouds yeah. and the landscape and stuff like that which is yeah. <laughs> so cool i think he even said that like he landed like two or three minutes earlier in the game than in real life but like that it was that close which is awesome. That's really rad. Neato. Uh, next up, more neat news. Kadabra can be on Pokemon cards again. Mm. I saw this. That yeah. statement from Yuri Geller where he was like, my Kadabra card can be a real. And you're like, it's not yours. It's only just couldn't make it because you. You didn't like your litigious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you're litigious. Because you're, this is a way to get some money. Yeah. How long? So. It's been like twenty years that he's been yeah. like, been like, no, you can't print that because that's how that has a spoon. That's stupid. It's uh, very stupid. But yeah, in his statement, he specifically said it's now all up to Nintendo to bring my Kadabra Pokemon card back. Oh, and you're I didn't like, see that? That's yeah. <laughs> and you're like, mm, it's so, the they only reason they shouldn't do it. Just like, just like, fuck it. Yes, I don't know. Fuck you. Forget it. Have you, yeah. have, have you all been following all this Pokemon card stuff? No. no. Oh, you yes. You can't all like the me. weird, like, no, you can't, you there's can't nothing you can do. It's all so like the weird, like, weird. like, like the YouTubers sealed that are yeah, getting the boxes and just like paying like hundred, almost like a hundred thousand dollars for like, it's nuts. Oh, so it's wait, like they're paying obscene. a lot of money for packs and then opening them on YouTube? Is that the thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, like they're also packs. like sealed yeah, that, uh, boxes, too. That makes sense. But then, People, it's like, but then it's like fake. Some of them yeah, are yeah, fake. Some yeah. of them, them aren't faked. real. It's like, it's this has been a Magic uh, the Gathering yeah. thing for, for like a decade, so I, it makes sense that it's hitting Pokemon. Um, People put on like, they'll put on like the gloves that you wear yep. to oh, yeah. they appraise comics and stuff and like very carefully like 
they'll use like tiny scissors to carefully cut the the, the pack open and take the card. Yeah, out. like one of the people yeah. involved in like one of the most like notable sales and purchases has been very like angry to a lot of YouTubers who are like, oh, it's because that guy's a covering scammer. It. Yeah, well, is, there's yeah. a whole thing. Uh, Be careful because he yeah. could he could bring our podcast under fire if he heard that. Yeah, uh, we won't use his name, but there's a video for what's the yeah. channel? Billy Pay Mitchell. Mo- Pay Money Wubby, whatever his channel is, he has a couple videos on that that scam specifically. So, oh yeah, I wa- I, I think I watched uh, the uh, uh, videos about it by the YouTuber uh, Jarvis Johnson, uh-huh. and he got like yeah, and and posted some of the uh, screen caps of the DMs of this person being like. Oh yeah, like same like basically the, like lying, and it's like very weird. Same with the Wubby one. Um, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Anyway, we don't have to actually talk about it's this. So much, weird. Right? I but I've been definitely following that because it's so strange. That video was the, so weird. In a similar vein, I don't have all the details, so I won't go on a tangent about it. But there was over, earlier, like a couple months ago, there was a, a thing in the 2K community where some like guy came in and started investing in players and. It turned out to be this huge scam. It seemed really interesting. If you're into the Pokemon cards thing, I would look up like NBA gambling scam or NBA 2K gambling scammer. Um, cause that was also fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that stuff right. is just bizarre. Anyways. Yeah. No, it's, it's been <laughs> at a least, very, at least yeah, Kadabra's back. <laughs> yeah. But Kadabra's back, maybe. Uh, next. Hax 2021 dates, baby, in June. Yeah. They're not going to happen. There's not going to be. They put. They said they moved Pax East to June. It's not going to be safe by then to go to a convention. Like, yeah. If I, we're lucky, it'll be safe to like have lunch with your family outside, which it is not now, even though people are doing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, for one, that's like dangerously close to E3, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's, it's the like, week. It, week. Yeah, it goes like, weekend third to sixth. And which, E3 will probably start on June 6th. Which it's no, so, it's it's uh, E3 will start the following. Like there'll be like day. a week, but there's like there's the lead up, so there'll be like that. So there'll be like yeah, no, E3 or PAX East will end. Then there'll be like the week, and then that weekend will be like press conferences. But sometimes the press conferences the Monday, start like Friday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like uh, um, yeah. either way, like that's fine. They got a week pa- then. Whatever. For on on for one, PAX is always weird. They always go kind of butt to butt with some other conference. Like it's usually GDC for PAX East. Like yeah, they, those are, those two are usually like kitty quarter to each other. AS but to AS, AS to AS. But God. also, like, I don't. I know. I understand why they have announced this. PAX is probably hurting because you know everything is hurting, especially mm-hmm. anything that involves mm-hmm. physically being together. Yeah. But like, and they probably want to at least give some people optimism about the future of their business but at the same time pop whatever yeah yeah but yeah at the same time you know they i mean they probably have to do this so they can if like they can't do it then they can get like the insurance money or you know get sure you know they have the spot and you know all that stuff like that's that's very likely i don't know if there is insurance you can get right now to cover events or you know, well, like they like you know, in the event that they can have it, then they can have it. But in the event that they can't have it, then they can at least you know they can get the money back and whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, questionable at best. Yeah, I just I don't. I wish 
as a society, I think that this kind of stuff, unfortunately, I mean, I want people to have hope because I do think you should be hopeful. I think that we're going to have vaccines and we're going to get through it and it's going to be, you know, that, that, that we will subsist, but also this just kind of, there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, well, if they think they can hold a PAX in June, I'm sure it's going to be fine by then. And it's like, we need to be realistic as a society (laughs) about like the situation we're in. And I feel like it's just not happening for most people are just not taking seriously what's occurring right now. And it's bad, (laughs) especially Uh, in the States, honestly. Yeah, totally. I I don't want to judge the rest of the world because it's not the same problem. The rest of, but PAX is an American thing. I mean, they have PAX as another, you know, Australia and stuff, but, but it's it's not a good institution to be suggesting that if anything pax could be a company that's like hey look we want to make more robust remote events next year and we want your help to do it because let's be honest it's probably not going to be safe mm-hmm. and we need to focus on getting this under control so that we can have another pax year later um and it's just instead they're just like we're going to do it <laughs> yeah i mm, yeah Okay, well, next up, last week we talked a bit about how uh, the Xbox Series S has been great for emulating uh, old games like RetroArch and stuff, and I asked, can I play Dragon Ball Z Tenkaichi on it? And turns out I can, because PS2 emulation is up and running on the Xbox Series S. Yeah, there you go. We talked about it a lot last week, so we don't have to say much right now. But yeah, because that was the question. It was like, yeah, it's running uh, RetroArch, it's running PSP emulation, and it's running PS1 mm-hmm. emulation and N64 to an extent, and it's doing it really well, especially considering the price uh, versus things like the Nvidia Shield, which was the previous king <gasps> for the mm-hmm. price that price bracket. And this thing is like n- just destroying the Shield for emulation. And yeah, now within the past week, PS2 games are up and running. Some of them apparently are pretty glitchy. Like it's not. 100% flawless, but it's like really, really, really close. So if you're interested in emulation, the Series S seems like a really, really great option. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so weird. It's like some people have been able to get games running without even like doing the developer stuff. Oh, really? I haven't uh, seen that. Uh, I don't exactly know what, like, but I think it might have been the PS2 stuff was running without developer access. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, speaking of the PlayStation 2, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid movie snags oh, Oscar yeah. Isaac as a snake. That's such a good pick. It is a good pick. That Fuck the guy directing that movie, so I'm probably not going to participate in. Uh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, he, he is um, not it's a good a person. It's, you can, you can Google thing. it yourself. Yeah. Um, All right. I'll do that. I'll do that on my own time. Yeah, um, he's a shithead, uh, which is unfortunate because definitely Oscar Isaac as Snake is it's is very good casting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that casting still is very, very no good. guarantee this movie is happening. But yeah, well, they've, it's, it's been the announced for this so long it's ever been. It's been announced yeah. since like what two thousand nine or eight, if, somewhere around there. If it's anything like if, if if it's anything like Uncharted, in ten years, it'll turn out that actually Oscar Isaac is going to play. Old Snake. Big, he's going to play Big and, Boss. And Tom Holland is going to play Snake. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh no. That's no. You know that's yeah. Jack Black should be in the Metal Gear movie. Now I'd there's an Otacon casting that would be <laughs> really <laughs> off the wall, but potentially oh, very man. funny. That would be Hmm. No, I, no. I, I, okay, I agree. I was, but what about Nick Cage? I, I was just gonna say you could do like you could do Jack Nick Black Cage, is like Fat Nick, Man. Nick Cage, like, Nick Cage is Revolver Ocelot. That is who. Ooh, yeah, that is. Yeah. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Who, one. Who's who's riding? Yeah. Who who is angsty enough to be riding? See, I think that's where you you cast. This is not. I'm. This is. I'm saying this semi as in jest in the this is the shitty way Hollywood would do it. I don't think this is good. But that is where you cast the one Asian character in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah is, probably. Right. And it's like um uh like a like a like a uh a martial arts film actor. Like a you get like Tony Jaw or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's naked cartwheels. <laughs> I mean at least this is not a ghost in the cell situation. This is the the characters in Metal Gear are who's who's liquid. Not Japanese. Um, Jack Black um, is Liquid Snake. God, <laughs> I, you know I could see like he would do is it going to be a Jack Black plays all the characters situation? Oh, what's I would his love name? Watch that. That. Yes, I should watch Behind Rewind this week. Oh, what's the dude? He's everyone loves him. He's great on Twitter. He was in Sin City. He was in uh, Pacific Rim. Big dude. Idrisella? No, white guy. Uh, uh, oh, Bruce Willis. No, not Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name right now. I'll look Elijah it up Wood. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Elijah Wood. Yeah. Very funny liquid snake. <laughs> he was Hellboy. Liquid. Oh, oh Ron um, Perlman. Yeah, yeah, Ron Perlman. Thank you. Him. Oh, maybe he, he wasn't. He'd be. City, he'd be like. Uh, Ron Perlman could be a big boss. A big boss. Yeah. 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 Okay. No. Or, but or really, a, Jack Black is fat man just I doing like the roller skate. He was in Pacific Rim. He was great in it. No. No, I for, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was that guy. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I'm gonna play Roy Campbell. Oh, this is fun. I want. I, I want to cast this movie. I just want Roy a game Campbell. about casting the Metal Gear Solid movie. Campbell is the the Colonel. Oh right. Colonel. Oh yeah. I forgot that was his name. Fuck. That's a good question. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Danny DeVito only- or Joe Pesci. Just can we just cast this entire movie with Danny Al DeVito, uh, Jack Black, and Nicolas Cage, and just have it be? It's just an episode of It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> The gang, oh, yeah, then you get, uh, you get Charlie, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name, Charlie? The gang makes genome soldiers. Charlie Day, so you get another Pacific Charlie Day. Rim? Thank you, exactly. Actually, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that the episode, name of the episode would be The Gang Commits War Crimes. <laughs> uh, the gang oh. makes love bloom on a battlefield. Okay, that's, uh, yeah, we'll see. If that yeah, who's Sniper out. Wolf, man? That's, there's a lot of. There's some. There's a lot of good casting. Well, Charlie's there. Auto- should be Sniper Wolf. There we go. Done. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Who's quiet? Uh, speaking of video game movies, oh, Monster Hunter movie came out in China and is now uh, not is being like 
places are being told you can't show this movie anymore by yeah, the government. It's, it's actually been pulled in a lot of places as of yeah, today. I, it, uh, they are apparently able to start showing the movie again when uh, a certain joke is removed from the cut, which is apparently like uh, xenophobic and racist towards Chinese folks. I have not, I'm not aware of exactly what the joke is. Yeah. Uh, but, I, c- uh, I can give context on that. If we want, okay. I had a really long conversation with. Wow, this is about bad. This. Yeah, so this I had extremely yeah, offensive. I'll I'm, get in. I'll get into it. Yeah, uh, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine who is a super into Monster Hunter. Like she's played every Monster Hunter. She adores it. And B, she's Chinese, so like she is the target demographic for exactly what's going on here. And like she sent me this clip the other day um, from the movie which uh, I'll just quote it because that's what's in the movie, where it's uh, the quote, Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these, uh, which in itself is quite racist as just like a thing, but also the way they translated it into Chinese is very, very, very terrible because they um, they have this phrase, this turn of phrase, like you know how a lot of Chinese, um, they use their characters to tell stories that everyone just kind of mm. knows. Like they make reference to old stories, like even like Sun, Sun Wukong stories. It's like, it's like a three character thing. It's like, Oh, everyone knows this reference. So it's a metaphor that we all understand. Mm-hmm. And the translation that shows underneath this is one that references uh, a story um, basically. And sorry, if I get any of this wrong, I do not speak Mandarin and I'm also not Chinese, but it's essentially talking about like the kind of respect that you pay to an emperor or like it's basically you're putting your knee down on like something golden and that like it is a sign of respect and the knee in this context is like it's a very symbolic like this is how much respect I pay to this person who is like really important and it like you know that kind of thing and they use that in the translation all around this joke that's kind of being racist towards Asian and, people. And it doesn't appear, maybe there's a longer clip, it doesn't appear that it actually says that racist rhyme. The direct quote from the clip that I just saw was, what kind of knees are these Chinese? Which is offensive even without being tied to the joke, in my opinion. But then, because that racist joke exists, it's not a far leap to assume that that's the intent, is yeah. to make reference to it. Yeah. And I was talking with the same friend and she's talking about like, yeah, it sounds like in, I I don't know, I'm not familiar with that particular playground rhyme, but it's the kind of rhyme where white kids would say it and start pulling their eyelids up. Like, frankly, absolutely. Like that's, that's exactly what she Mm -hmm. said. I've heard it before. Yeah. And, and she said like, that actually really pissed her off and she's a very calm person. So like, yeah, I think you can be critical of the things that Chinese media tends to censor. I think this one is very valid for them to be pissed about. Yeah. I think it's valid. Yeah. To be pissed about. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't believe in, I wouldn't not like, yeah, pull it from theaters. I think I would encourage people not to give them money and to not go see it. Um, yeah. but, but it doesn't matter. I'm not whatever. It, um, it's really just wild that that would make it into a, a movie where they're like, we're going to show this in China first. Yeah. And yeah. these types of movies crazy. do like make most of their money in China. And yeah. To and do, yeah. Regardless of whether, of what your feelings on censorship are, um, you know that it's a country where that occurs. 
Yeah. And like, you have to know that going in. And so it's shocking to me that it would, that they wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had cut that scene and then it shows up in the, um, in the Western cuts of the movie, yeah. um, which would have sucked as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And this movie just seems like dog shit, basically to me. Yeah, I watched. I watched <laughs> Everything about it seems to, to call back rancid. To call back to what we were talking about before, I watched some of the clips with like with Mouscular Chef. They look bad. It <laughs> like, looks like a terrible movie. Like, yeah. like not fun. Bad. Not like ha ha ha. It's a shitty video game movie. I mean, it looks like it shouldn't have been made. Basically, yeah. Uh, so I think it's it's I I I in some ways I'm disappointed in Capcom by association that this movie exists. Yeah. Capcom has had to also do a lot of PR work around surrounding all of course. Of course. Oh yeah. Like blah, blah, blah. We, we did make the movie. We'll, you know, we'll contact the people. And apparently they didn't watch it first either. Yeah. Which is like, which seems very weird. Like if they made a gaming fix, if somebody wanted to make a gaming fix movie, everyone on this podcast would watch it before it went to theaters. I can't believe that. You would like to make a gaming fix movie. Make. Please reach out to us at gaming at fixed out space. And <laughs> we'll we can get started. It's pretty, pretty, pretty cheap. <laughs> compared to monster hunter as a life. But, but yeah, all, all this to say compared to monster hunter, pretty cheap. Like six million. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, all that stuff was really profoundly yeah. shitty. So I, I, in some ways I just want this movie to, to disappear from the, the conversation sphere. So that in 10 years, people go, oh, yeah, that terrible Monster Hunter movie that nobody watched. Yeah. Or like, oh, yeah, that was a thing, huh? You know. Yeah. Uh, Next news story. 3060 Ti, a new (laughs) NVIDIA card, got announced and then launched within a day. This was weird because I opened up, I opened the GeForce experience to download new drivers because I've got a notification that there are new drivers. And I and I saw this ad pop up, and I was like, you know, I did just buy a 2070 Super, but a 3060 Ti is like exactly the thing for me because it's like I want to play at most at 1440p, mm. most of the time just 1080p. I might get a 1440p monitor. I don't know. I was like, I bet this is a huge value. I bet the 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 price to performance at my resolution is off the charts. Maybe it would be worth picking up this card and give a list of my 2070 Super, and then. I clicked the link and it was like, and it's out and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's weird. It's, it Classic. sounds like it's all right. It yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds, sounds like a great card, but, uh, but classic yeah. 2020, you can't get you can't one, get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't pining for it, so it's fine. I mean, um, you guys means that I'll wait. Anyway. It would have been stupid to impulse purchase a $450 video card. So I'll just wait until, uh, later next year and get one of the get the card i really want <laughs> but yeah it's silly uh laid back camp virtual Hell. lake motosu and fumoto campsite announced yes. for ps4 switch pc ios android what? so i'm gonna VR. go on a limb before so you wait, go into this but, yeah before you get into the second the bullet point there but go for it pat i'm gonna i'm gonna say on a limb no other podcast on the internet has brought this subject up <laughs> this week. So I love I love laid back camp. Uh, I originally saw this news. I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's awesome!" But the thing that made me write it down in here is the bullet point. Uh, first, if you don't know laid back camp, we've talked about it on on um, on this cast. It's an extremely I I recommend it to anyone ever. Like it's absolutely exceptional. Uh, 
fantastic show and very relaxing. But so it's announced for PS4, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android. The thing is, it's a VR game. So uh, it works with PSVR, HTC Vive, and the Rift. And also the Nintendo Labo ToyCon 04 colon VR kit. <laughs> That's the first like third party game I've third I've heard of that really like that really showcases that, uh... it. <laughs> yeah. The Labo ToyCon VR, yeah. Yeah, like that's hilarious to me. Uh, like that's really the only reason I brought it on here, but it sounds delightful because laid back. Yeah, it sounds like wonderful. looking it up. It sounds like the game doesn't require VR, but like yeah. having that as an, a functionality on the Switch version is kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I will probably end up trying it just because I I care about that series, but. I don't have a Labo, so, you know, <laughs> I can't experience it as it was meant to be played. At least at least Labo is, is a more reasonable, from a cost perspective, yeah. way, if you have a Switch already, to check it out without having to yeah. buy, expense, like, a VR headset. Yeah, and I imagine, like, the Google Cardboard situation probably works with it, too, because it is on yeah, Android. Yeah, because it's on mobile, yeah. Anyways, watch Laid Back Camp. I think it's actually good. That's a really, probably a really good quarantine show. If, mm. Yeah, it looks like you can get the VR kit uh, starter set plus blaster on uh, Amazon, which you should probably support other uh, stores before you support Amazon. But as a, uh, it's a point note of for its cost, point of reference, yeah, it's $45. Hey, you get a second, um, uh, you get a then, second piece of cardboard to make stuff with. Yeah, yeah, so it's like. Well, wait, doesn't. Nintendo allow you to print the designs for all of these, like just off their website. So yeah. couldn't you just print your own Nintendo Labo ToyCon 04 VR kit? Like just the thing that would make me. I, I don't th- know. Don't how... you need the Labo software? Maybe you don't. I don't, I don't know. know if you would for this though, because it's not Labo software. It's a third party game. It's like if 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 there's separate lenses in that kit, which it looks like there is. Uh, oh yeah, the if, VR. If um, thing. Okay, yeah. then sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's one of those things too where I think like I, I I did the Labo variety kit and it's definitely fun to put together. So I mean, if if you wanted to give it a shot and then hey have a have the cheap VR for a laid back camp, then you know specifically for laid back specifically camp. for a laid back camp, yeah, that could be worse, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. We've got two more stories here. I don't know. I, I actually don't know what the last one is about, but uh, Casey Hudson, <laughs> I, I missed I missed that. So uh, I look forward to being enlightened. Casey Hudson and Mark Dara uh, are leaving, have left or resigning just, from Bioware. Yeah. Um, yeah, years ago, right? And then they came back. They came back. And, <laughs> and, then, and then they left again. And they came back they're again. Le- they're, and they're leaving again. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think that there must be some kind of like secret passage installed between their homes and the Bioware offices. So that they can- <laughs> uh, I mean, Jesus. well, now their home is the Bioware office, or it was, but now it's not anymore. Right. I got it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. For one, like, I think the Twitter, et cetera, response to this was pretty obvious. It's like, oh, this means Bioware's in trouble. Oh, blah, blah, blah. There are two people. Like, <laughs> there are two people. They're big studios. I, I also don't think, I think Bioware has been in trouble for a long time, and I don't sure. think. These these two particular people leaving changes that right yeah yeah I mean it's I mean they are definitely two really key people with Bioware properties so I mean, it's Casey like, Hudson has been the face and the like since he's been for back. sure 
like so. Yeah, once he pl- replaced. Aaron yeah, Flynn and then Mark Darrow is like very big for Dragon Age, but it's like, but at the same time, like, I don't think that two people are enough to like turn the tides no. of Bioware and turns the tides of like EA putting mm-hmm. resources Either way, into Bioware to, and like like improve or like sink any of the projects. Yeah, but and I mean, if you, oh sorry, if you look at the like. The, the head writer on Inquisition was not Mark Dara. The head no. artist was not Mark Dara. I mean, like, I, no respect to the guy. I don't have anything against Mark Dara or or Casey Hudson. They seem like, you know, okay dudes from what I have gleaned. But yeah, I mean, they are. They seem they seemed like figureheads there for a long time to me. Right. So I don't. I don't know that I think it has any. It will have any impact on the projects yeah. that are coming. Probably right. And it's like, there. and it's like, it, you know, it might be a little bit of a, a setback, especially since uh, Mark Darrow is like the lead writer and of Dragon Age. And they're, if they're making another Dragon Age game, you know, people are one, pe- people like him. But at the same time, it's, it's like, I don't think it's going to necessarily be make or break for, for it. Um, yeah. The only thing that was kind of great, though, oh my God. was, well, not great. Was that the actor who plays Colin in Fucking Dragon Age, uh, Greg, Greg Ellis, Ellis was, was like went on weird rants about cancel culture, and he mm-hmm. like did it in character, which was buck wild. Well, before uh, before that, he was shit talking um, Dara, like he was. Yeah. No, he yeah. was, and then he sp- like the, like a, literally, it was like a day after Mark Dara left. He's just like, no, I'm 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 immediately being like. Do you seriously think ba- what are you, what are you what are you doing here? Basically, guy? basically, so Mark Dara like flung in from the rafters with a steel chair. Yeah, I saw people sl- say that yeah, comparison like, where it's just like like slamming into Greg Ellis. No. Like, you know what? Fuck you. You probably shouldn't yeah. be on any more of yeah, these the, games. The first tweet is, "Hey there, Greg. I've been letting you slide for a while, but I think Dragon Age Day is maybe the day when that ends." And you're just like, "Oh, yeah," because yeah. yesterday was also Dragon Age Day. Yeah. And the guy is he's he's also like a Jordan Peterson fan and shit. Like he's a it shitty person. It makes me so mad because I because Colin is such I like Colin a, a lot character. as a character. I thought we knew this about him for a long time. I oh, yeah, we I don't remember. It, it's been, I personally hadn't that seen that, shit. but yeah, uh, I hadn't seen that. But apparently, this was like the time. This was like the breaking point, and he's no longer with Bioware, so he can straight up be like, "Yeah, you suck." It, but all, but I think the thing that was making it go kind of. Um, not quite viral, but people were talking about it. it. Was that he was specifically made a video where he's ranting about cancel culture in mm-hmm. character as Cullen, which yeah, they're yep. like, you don't own that character. Stream. Yeah, you don't stream, own yeah. that character, nor do you have the rights to use that character. Yeah, you I are mean, just the voice actor. Like, yeah, like like the Fire Emblem voice actors, especially the English actors, yeah. very specifically do not do, do those voices on stream because mm-hmm. those are IPs owned by Nintendo. So yeah. like, yeah. And they're very, like a lot of them are very, from what I, I from who I follow, um, are very, um, like proud of the work that they've done, which they should be. And mm. they are clearly love the characters. Uh, but they're specifically like careful to recognize, Hey, I've played this character. I love this character, but also like, I don't own the rights to this character. And here Greg Ellis is specifically being like, Hey, I am specifically Cullen, and no, but you see, cancel culture uh, is the reason that all these people get in trouble and they can't do the voices. So by attacking cancel culture, he's safe, right? That's 
I just kind of assume that if if the subject, if it any white dude acting is probably a jackass until I see some evidence that they're not a jackass. That's you know who's just, not a jackass? Is fucking Troy Baker. He's uh, no, um, oh, wait, no, know. is he not? Uh, Last I heard, he was rad. He's, I don't I, think he's, I think he's a nice guy. I, I mean, he's problematic. He, he's he also does like, things yeah, like, he, I am Joel. And this I, is my the man in the arena masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. The man in the arena <laughs> like, stuff was like, okay, okay, like oh, shut up, yourself, buddy. <laughs> You're a very okay. good voice actor. Joel's about, a very good character. <laughs> how about shut this? Sung Wan. Yes, uh, he's also not a white dude. Oh yeah, you're right. Fuck, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I forgot about that co- that 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 uh, variable. They exist. Colin Mockery is a really good. Oh my god, dude. Colin Mockery. Oh, he's a white he's, dude. He, he's an actor. He's a good dude. Yeah, they exist. Anyways, there's exceptions. Yeah. But if you go and expect dozens, it, then you're not disappointed. Dozens of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, Jack Black was tried and turning on Twitter ah, just because we all we all dig him. His, we all think yes, he's a good. I love the man. Cool dude. His I, yeah. His video, his YouTube channel. I, I just I've watched like only a little bit, but it's that. so yeah. like he did, he has a PS5 versus silly. Xbox video where he's like. Didn't he specifically I, make that channel just because he's like I don't know my kids said I should so uh, he, he was bored. Well, now it's I mean it's like <laughs> bored excessive yeah. youtube like he he does the youtube thing so well uh and he like yeah. he has a video where he's playing miles morales um it's which just is over <laughs> over edited in the best ways oh yeah 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 i think 100%. i might enjoy it for him i hate that stuff when it's like i mean i don't like conan o'brien for a variety of reasons but um but i not i don't think he's like a. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine he's fine i don't particularly like his his style um but uh uh I don't like his video game stuff because it's like mm. we shot an hour of footage and then edited it into yeah. three minutes of gameplay of me playing a game. And I think mm-hmm. that stuff is like, like I don't really like it when Jesus and Mero did it either. Um, mm. I want to see Jack Black sit and play a game for an hour, <laughs> like uh, giant bomb stuff. Yeah. That, uh, that is not what so, uh, his videos are. He does like a lot more like vlog stuff. And then like that stuff is cut in like, Tony Hawk and Steve-O challenged him to make like a eight by ten, like a thousand eight by tens of like a skate photo. Funny. I'm sure. And I would, so I would like, it. like, it's like him making that, like, you know, making that skate photo and then also judging like the, you know, uh, comparing the PS five and the Xbox and, yeah. you know, and uh, just being very over the top. So yeah, uh, yeah. Google, or Google, fucking um, Colin Mockery and Jack Black kick ass. Casey Hudson and Mark Dara. There's... See you later. But hopefully they move on to cooler things than current Bioware. Hopefully they move on to less stressful things than current <laughs> yeah. Bioware. <laughs> I wouldn't want to work at Bioware right now. Yeah. With with respect no, and love to the people that are working at Bioware. No, no, where I no where I would never work, Pat. Is it Google? Yeah. What did they do this time? This is well outside. <laughs> yeah, of I saw the that. Game space, I saw that, and I'm like, "What else is new?" Honestly, it's well outside of the game space, but it's also so fucking bad. It's, they it's had great. Your stadia, it's, it's, like, the, it's the tech space, though. So we're still kind of yeah, there. yeah. But I think it's worth Google is a Google is a game company now. It's true. Yeah, they have Stadia. Um, so they had. I guess uh, Alphabet is a is a game company. There's a researcher at Google, uh, Timnit Gebru. Oh. Uh, let's, is that the, what you were talking step, about? There's a step before this, though. Sure. Uh, okay. So the step before is that Google started implementing this policy where 
Um, they basically don't want any of their workers to unionize, so they monitor oh, yeah. all they monitor all of their communications, be it via text messages, emails, even in some cases using employees like Android phones to record their conversations in physical meeting places. Like it's very fucked up. And yeah. if there's any talk of things like unionization, if there's any talks of, you know, things against the interests of Google, then they will fire these employees. Which is like, illegal. Which um, is illegal. But no one enforces that. So Yeah. So that's that's kind of the setup for the story that that really like A fuck Google for that, but now quadruple fuck Google for what happened. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out, um, not to any lesson the fucks to Google, but Amazon does the exact same thing. It's pretty common at major corporations. If mostly for our international listeners, most major corporations have entire, um, usually they're kind of clandestine units because it is illegal, uh, within their companies to bust unions, um, and make sure that nobody is talking about unionization through company channels. Um, I think because of Google, the nature of Google's business, they have a lot more tools to use in a lot scummier ways to do that. But um, unfortunately, it is a it is a fact of doing business and major corporations here, and is part of why uh, United States brand of capitalism is probably the thing that'll cause the world to end, at least for us here. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, there was also a researcher who uh, did, who's one of the the few black women in a prominent yeah. position, Doctor uh, within Timmy this field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's great. And, Yes, she did a she did some really fantastic and interesting research on bias in uh in, in AI programming and the ways in which an AI might uh, might basically become shitty <laughs> and and the dangers of using AI to do things like read and and translate and stuff yes. like that. Um and should be noted she's when at Google was one of the managers of some of the AI programs because she's a very, very heavy hitter in the AI sphere. Like she's and ethics in particular. And ethics and in particular. Ethics yeah, and she's she's very well respected in that community. Yeah. And so she and and several other researchers at Google had planned to publish and present a paper next year at a, at, at a conference. And Google yep. basically said, Nope, we're not yeah. gonna publish that because it looks yeah. makes us look bad. Yeah, they they had sent. Uh, there was a chain, or basically a group that they worked with called the Women and Allies Group within Google, and I think some external to Google as well. And she'd sent an email to that chain of people, basically saying like that. In that particular email, she was criticizing Google for their like kind of attempts at diversity and inclusion, and saying that like a lot of what they were doing was hollow, and specifically targeting like. Google as a company and how their their hiring policies and just their general public image versus what is actually happening internally, and basically they Google said, "Yep, yeah, we have accepted her resignation," and <laughs> she's like, "Okay, I kind of got forced into this resignation." Yeah, and yeah. then they immediately terminated her, um, and claimed yeah. that they that her behavior wasn't befitting a Google manager and they decided not to, they didn't want to publish the paper because it didn't, it, it didn't, it, uh, left certain research out that like, and it was just a lie. 
<laughs> yeah, they, basically, <laughs> it just wasn't true. <laughs> basically, it was research censorship because it was not meeting the Google yes. like demands of what they wanted to show. They said, yeah. "No, we're just not going to publish it because this doesn't mm. show this like the angle that we want to show." Mm-hmm. Like, it's really fucked uh, up. It's extremely yeah, it, terrible. And it's 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 should be terrifying to people that this company is building AI to run the internet basically yeah. uh, <laughs> because they clearly have no, I mean, this is like literally the setup to a apocalyptic, you know, AI robot uprising kind yeah. of movie. Yeah. Don't be evil, etc. But <laughs> yeah, uh, either way no, for me, they took that out of their mission statement. It's still technically in there. People will make that argument, but it's like, in the middle of a paragraph and doesn't count. But anyways, all of this to say, I have really in earnest started de-googling my life because just seriously, fuck Google. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, pretty bad. On that cheery note. Ooh. Speaking of pretty bad, Stadia. <laughs> yeah, well, the one thing, the one thing, my whole, my biggest concern with Stadia when it was announced was I don't think Google is a particularly ethical company when it comes to how they manage their AI projects. So I wouldn't want to give them my play data because, mm. you know, I don't like the idea of them knowing how cognitively I respond to problems. I don't think that oh, Stadia God, is yeah. anywhere near solving any of that stuff and creating useful data for them. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, part of Stadia, I, I'm less worried about at least. I specifically. <laughs> Took their free Stadia kit, and I have not used it with Stadia, nor do I plan to. So, you got a free Chromecast out of it, really? I got a free Chromecast, and also I've been using the controller, which is not a bad controller. So, you'll be able to use the Chromecast for a year until they put a push a firmware update that makes it not work with your television. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, but which is what happened to me. <laughs> I mostly I mostly use Roku, anyways. So, why why would that? I don't know. Why man. would that? What? Okay, well, technically it works, but the audio won't play. Won't what? Play. What? Yep. What even? Yep. Wow. I mean, now what you need is a Chromecast audio or whatever. Nope. Nope. I, in fact, will never purchase another Google product. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. <laughs> too. I will not be buying a physical Google product in the future. <laughs> um. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode 150 of the Gaming Fix podcast. On October, not October. <laughs> oh God! Fuck. What, if, what just, if it was only that, October? You sent a rattle oh, through no. my body. That was Me like too. that sounds that was, so like, awful. I didn't question it either. I was like, oh yeah. Oh wait. Well, the this, world hasn't changed that much since October. So December. Hey, we, we've got a small glimmer of you know we we've had some good times. Uh, in the in the last month, we've had some fun. We had some fun in the last <laughs> month, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, episode one fifty on December fifth, twenty twenty. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Um, I four four weeks to three weeks till Christmas. How do weeks work? Three weeks till Christmas. Uh, just less, less than less than. Woo! And if you're, I, I don't know when Hanukkah is. Uh, it's not a thing in Japan, uh, so I, I've got zero context for what what's going on. But uh, I don't believe it's on the same day. No, but you know, maybe it's happening now. I don't so know. It goes this year. It goes uh, from Thursday, December tenth, to Friday, December eighteenth. 
Oh, well, wow. hey, five days uh, for Hanukkah. Ha- happy Hanukkah uh, yeah. to our happy Jewish Hanukkah. listeners. And Hanukkah will have started before the next episode, so definitely. Yeah, mm. Kwanzaa, the solstice, whatever, whatever you celebrate, uh, have have a nice uh, Walpurgis Nacht guy. Have a nice <laughs> holiday, and uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Fix Podcasts, where you can see pictures of Frank the cat. Yep. I look forward to that. I, I every time I look at Twitter, I have to double. I have to check to see if we have any fleets. The only and I look fleets. at it, and it makes me so happy. I've still never seen a fleet because I refuse to install the app. So I don't. I don't even I, look at fleets. I, I literally the only ones I look at are for the podcast because <laughs> it's, it's Frank. It's a hundred percent cats. Like I don't think we're ever going to post anything else. It is literally cats all Frank, all and it's always it's almost always captioned cat, and I love I love it yeah. so much. It makes me so happy. I'll do one right now. If, you, if you'd like to send a, to like, I don't know, send us a question or a thought, you can send that to gaming at fix.space or you can tweet us once again at fix podcast on Twitter. Uh, uh, you can find me, Andre Cole, <laughs> AKA your partner's favorite, the game awards host or uh, presenter, 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 the host is mm-hmm. Keely. Uh, yeah. but, uh <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Coolslaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Pat, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at PJC Plays, and you can also check out the, um, the, the archive that'll be up for however long Twitch is keeping archives these days of a friend of the show, Jeff Davis, and I playing some um, Phasmophobia last night. Assuming, uh, they don't like, assuming they don't like take the door shutting sound and say yeah, this and is DMC, you know, this yeah. DMCA-able. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, I did. We did sing um, at multiple points. So maybe they will DMCA us based on the singing. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, we're going to try to do that. But I'm going to try to join Jeff for more uh, Phasmophobia streams because it's a delight. So. Uh, you know, I might try and do that uh, in the future if I uh, can get free, but... Their Twitch uh, channel is the same as their Twitter, which is twitch.tv slash, slash stranger peace, peace as in P E A C E. So. Not like smashed peas. No. Or Ranger peas. Piece oh. of that. What the ass? Fuck? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Allison, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at W R I T E R S E R E N Y T Y. And Alex, uh, I just put a fleet of my cat up on our Twitter, and also, oh Drake, hell I yes, just, I just, sent oh hell link. yes, what the, heck, I don't know, should we talk about this for like twenty seconds? Look at this link I just sent to our chat, NZXT, uh, they make oh. computer cases and components, and they make pre-built computers. Oh. <laughs> Making a tweet yeah. with a clown face saying, "Ha, oh, people who play on a pre-built console, what the fuck?" What uh, I, I, I. What is that? That's the worst I, take I've seen. I don't know. In man. a long time. Oh, okay. that's a good fleet you just sent. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go go back to that. That's a cute kitty cat. There's uh, somewhat. Wait, don't you sell pre-builds? We sell pre-configured custom computers. Isn't but they so are pre-built. The are they? I think the disappointing like as as God. My angle on that's the world dumb. has started to become I expect the company to be a piece of shit on Twitter. What makes me more disappointed is that they have not been ratioed into the So get on that, everybody. Yeah. I All right. Guess. So yeah, look at our look at our fleets because there's kitty cats. Don't oh, go to NZXT. So apparently, cute. <laughs> uh, he's very I, fluffy. Frank is such a cute cat. <laughs> 
Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>